This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Elon Musk has bought Twitter. It's uh, not completely done yet because there's still got to be reviews. There's, there's legal issues. The, the shareholders, I believe, have to vote. But uh, in all likelihood, it's a done deal. And we'll see if Elon Musk is actually going to be the hero in this one. We don't know. Maybe he won't change the rules right away. We will see how it will play out. But most people are saying this is great news. We're, everyone's cheering like, oh, Alex Jones and Trump are going to come back. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Elon Musk has said that he wants free speech. We'll see where his line is in free speech because it's going to be an interesting discussion. I don't, I don't even know that Elon Musk will be able to tolerate some of the things that are free speech when it comes to what's going on with Twitter. So we will talk about that, mostly that. There's a lot of other news. Trump is being held in contempt, being fined $10,000 a day in a civil court. We've got, uh, um, what else we got? Google is going to be doing weird woke suggestions and uh, like, it's, it's like an autocorrect thing. Mm-hmm. So all of this is mostly floating around what's happening with Elon Musk. And we really got to talk about the ramifications here. The deal itself, Twitter employees are reacting. They are imploding. They are freaking out. Blue check marks are saying the same thing conservatives said three years ago. And without a shred of irony or humility, this should be a lot of fun. Joining us today. To talk about all of this is Ron Basilian. Ron, how's it going? Hi, Tim. Pleasure to be here. Hey, so do you want to introduce yourself? Ooh, wow. I have a bit of a resume. Uh, we met back in 2018 at Politicon when That's I right. was uh, running for Congress uh, in California's 37th. I've been involved in uh, Republican politics in the LA GOP, California G- GOP. Uh, Overall major political presence on on Twitter, Ron for California, that's with the number four. Uh, Involved in city politics over in Culver City. Uh, Big shout out to all my friends over there. And uh, if you want to learn about local politics, hit me up. I think people need to get more involved. Uh, in their local communities, whether it's in the, you know, school board races, local races. And, you know, as I said, uh, I also wrote a graphic novel in Ferno, Los Angeles, like 10 years ago. So I'm seeing how, you know, new media is really able to take over like legacy media uh, networks and Right on. Yeah. This should be interesting. We got Seamus hanging out. I'm Seamus from Freedom Tunes. Y'all want to check out the cartoons I make? Go YouTube Freedom Tunes. Think you guys will enjoy it. Coming out with another cartoon this week. I just rolled the hundred sided die. I'm gonna let you know what it. Oh, it landed on a 76, Ooh. 17, 76. Oh, wow. Here it comes again. You can't, you can't say that. that. Marjorie Taylor Green got in trouble for that, buddy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Sorry, Marge. <laughs> they did that to you. Um, yeah, yeah the, the freedom of the American spirit is a beautiful thing. So let's keep it going tonight. Definitely. It's so funny to me that 1776 now means some form of rebellion. Although I guess initially it did against the British. So I guess that's a good thing. We've come full circle. Yes, I'm excited for tonight. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm very excited that Elon Musk got Twitter. Don't forget to head over to TimCast.com where our newsroom was diligently working today. When I was recording my main segment, I'm like, at any moment, they're going to announce Elon bought Twitter. And so my newsroom is sending all these sources and I'm pulling them into my segment in real time. Shout out, guys. They are employed. Thanks to all of you as members. If you like the work we are doing, become a member. But I also have news. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are upset that the mainstream media has been lying, 
If you are upset that Washington Post doxed libs of TikTok and then lied about it, well, I don't know what to tell you other than I got a billboard in Times Square. And unless they reject it, it should be up tomorrow at 9 a.m. With your support as members, we're able to do things like that. It basically calls at the Washington Post saying, democracy dies in darkness. That's why we're calling you out. Taylor Lorenz doxed libs of TikTok. A simple message. And I, I wanted to do it. I tweeted about it. Everyone said, do it. The guys of the Daily Wire helped put it together. Jeremy Boring, co-CEO, said, I got half on it. And I said, let's do it. Because they have, these journalists have the nerve to go on CNN and, and MSNBC or wherever, say all of these things and just try to gaslight us. Okay, well, you know what? We'll put up something in Times Square. It's not like we're sending the message literally everywhere, but that's a big statement. So that's what we're going to be doing. I'll put it this way. With your support as members, we're going to push back. We are going to engage in, in, in culture, change culture, and call people out using these institutions and these machines. I want to be, uh, uh, I want to be like, like Elon Musk. I want to do what he does when he buys Twitter to challenge the machine, but I'm not a billionaire. So here's what we can do. We got, a, we got a billboard in Times Square. Hopefully it doesn't get rejected. It might. We'll see what happens. But uh, thanks for being members and making all of that possible. We're going to keep fighting. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. Maybe we'll talk a bit more about the billboard thing and people can have some questions. That being said, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And ladies and gentlemen, here we are from TimCast.com. Elon Musk successfully buys Twitter. Twitter's board reached a deal in the billion dollar bid to sell Tesla CEOs. Uh, Tesla to, to sell to Tesla's CEO and take the company private. Do you know what happens on Thursday, guys? You tell no. me. Freedom Tunes uploads a new cartoon. Twitter's earnings report. Oh, well, and, that too. And what do you think that earnings report would show? Something good or something bad? Bad. Something bad. Mm. Because Twitter's been struggling for some time. You look at any news story over the past several months, and they say Twitter is lagging, not reaching its goals, which means... I'm willing to bet Elon Musk played some 4D chess. He knew the earnings report was coming up and he knew he had to act now. He offered $54.20 per share. If on Thursday news comes out that the earnings were not good, the stock would likely fall. The board knows this. They know what their earnings are. If they rejected a $54.20 offer, knowing that their stock would be worth half that by Thursday, they would be liable for damages for not adhering to their fiduciary duty to the shareholders. And that could be what, $20 billion? If the earnings report came out and the stock dropped to 40 or 30 bucks, the board's like, nah, I don't want to be responsible for that money. I don't want to be sued for that. Just give them the deal. Done. Mm -hmm. We'll see what the investors say. We'll see what this means. But I think Elon, Elon Musk, he, he cornered them masterfully. Their, uh, their main source of their earnings, as far as I can tell, is ad revenue. Uh, it's a very risky proposition for a company to roll that die because if the advertisers get disenfranchised or disgruntled, they'll pull their, their money, which means that Twitter's basically an advertising firm. No, I call shenanigans. Point. Shenanigans! Twitter banned ads that deny their their opinions on climate change. So hmm. if Twitter is holding up their duty to their shareholders, they wouldn't, they wouldn't say no to advertisements on political grounds. Twitter outright said, we don't want your money if you, if you disagree on climate science. Interesting. Do you well, think they would try to make the argument that, uh, you know, taking money from those groups would limit their ability to make a profit in the future because it could damage their reputation? I don't think that's going to work in court. I don't think it's just that. I think that they 
killed virality. They made the site boring because the board of directors represents other companies, which feels like Twitter is worth more to them dead than alive. And so what you've got is a Twitter that's dead under their reign. Elon's like, this company is worth a lot to me alive. It's worth a lot to me if I can bring back the excitement of viral content that comes from Twitter when it was a free marketplace of ideas. And my only regret about all of this is that I don't get to take that ride with Elon Musk anymore because shareholders were all going to get bought out and he's taking it private. Yes, full disclosure, I have 22 shares oh my. Uh, uh, through my brokerage app. When Elon Musk announced he bought it, I was like, all right, I opened up my account. I had 1000 bucks, and I clicked buy, and I think I'll end up making like $100. Oh, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Thanks, Elon. I will, I will buy a delicious umami burger. So what you're saying Your is that this show is funded by Elon Musk. This is propaganda. Completely. You've just acknowledged it. We've lost it, all it, credibility. It, it costs $100 <laughs> per 10 years, per decade, to run this. That's all it is, and you know that $100 funds everything. No, I think... Um, I think Twitter is not upholding its fiduciary duty. They banned political ads. Why? They banned anti-climate change ads. Mm-hmm. Why? I, I, I get it. You might disagree with it. But why would a for-profit company say, we don't want money from legitimate advertisers? Yeah, because they're playing politics. They were using their ads as a political statement, probably. This, this but- one just happened, too. And I was kind of like, do I need to sue over this? Because I got to tell you, man, that one... Like when they announced that they were banning political ads, I'm like, okay, there's a potential, there's a potential argument here. They Mm -hmm. could say in order to maintain the health of the platform, and I don't mean their kind of health, I mean like people using the platform, we don't want to be dominated by just big spatterings of political ads. Mm -hmm. The money would actually cause more damage. The ads would. The climate change thing makes no sense. Conservatives would love it. Yeah. Like, and the left would hate it. No, I hear you on that. I'm just curious if it's an argument that they would make. If they would say something like, if people see advertisements from these groups, we're going to lose our credibility as a website. Right, right. And I get that, but, but a judge is going to be like, except 80 plus million people in this country yeah. agree with those ads. Or people are, are swayed by those. It's not an argument. Like, you could, you could imagine them arguing, oh man, you know, millennials don't like drinking soda. You know this? This is actually true. Millennials don't drink soda. So those Coca Cola ads are really bad for our credibility. Mm. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash Carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. I mean, sure, but I'm not going to blame, you know, downtown Chicago for the ad that gets put up on the billboard off the highway. That's ridiculous. I feel like this, uh, there's still like a, it's a 12 year old business model. They're still running off of advertising, which is like very 2010. 
they they have an opportunity to spin up a utility token um, to to streamline effectivity on the website where you could spend one Twitter token to get a thousand views on Twitter like Mines does. Mm. That's another revenue model. You could have direct to subscriber uh, uh, payments, which like your subscribers could pay you directly as a user of Twitter. Twitter could take like one percent. And then that could be a new revenue model for the site. Dogecoin tips. Dogecoin. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now that Musk is involved. Well, I'll ask you guys, would you be willing to pay for Twitter? I do. No. Curious about this. You I'm do. Not. Yeah. So you wouldn't. What about you? I'm not, but who knows? I think Elon Musk is going to be very imaginative about offering premium features that I would actually want. I think a big issue for conservatives or just people who are not, you know, speaking the company line on Twitter is like, why would I bother spending any money when it's obvious? that this site does what they can to mm-hmm. throttle what I say on here. And I think it's a common perception of Twitter. And, you know, I think if nothing else, Elon Musk is going to at least make it transparent and have some consistent policies and say, you know, you're getting throttled because of this algorithm or you got banned because of this policy. And be like, okay, that's fair. You know, and maybe even provide ways to remedy that to be so people can get reinstated. But, you know, it's like we've seen so many people who acted in good faith and had good arguments and were like really good viral accounts um, that got banned because some passive aggressive nitwit and behind the scenes just decided, I don't like this guy. I'm banning them. Alex Jones. That's obvious. Mm-hmm. Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. Very obvious. Mm-hmm. Carl Benjamin, a.k.a. Sargon of Akkad. Also obvious. I miss him every day on Twitter. And then you've got the, of course, Miley Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer. Who 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 else? The president Uh, of the United States. The sitting president of the United States. I mean, the Trump the Trump one is a special class in I get it of itself. Like I'm, I I was just trying to name people. Like who are the obviously Trump libs of tick or not libs? Um, Babylon B. I think. Oh yeah, Babylon Babylon B. That supposedly is the reason he decided to buy Twitter. I don't agree, but that was like the. The, the straw that broke the camel's back. Be the change Carpe, you want to see in the Carpe world. Donctum. Carpe Donctum was, uh, for those that aren't familiar, a meme smith mm-hmm. who just made memes and uh, was banned for literally no reason. Yeah. None. And, so, and, you know, then you have all the people that were posting, like, interesting vaccine facts, you know, and that just went against the company line. They did their research and everything. And it was like, you're banned because we believe the vaccine is safe for most people. Even the disclaimer was like, Safe for most people. What does that mean? Unsafe for a lot of people. That's a really good way to well, lawyer you, the answer. You can't say it, it wasn't even about that. I mean, anything that could come from a doctor, mm-hmm. if the doctor disagreed with some doctor Twitter chooses, like we, we can't live this way. We can't no. live in a world where big tech is like, here's the approved doctors and their opinions. Right. Now, I, I can understand the idea of, of consensus in that there are a lot of people and, and the majority of research looks in this direction, but it's just an insane way to live where we say we will actually ban dissenting opinion. That, that's the opposite of science. Mm-hmm. So I, I, my, my point ultimately here, when it comes to Trump, when it comes to Alex Jones, when it comes to Miley Yiannopoulos, when it comes to Laura Loomer, these people did nothing illegal. Mm-hmm. They were banned because they did things that Twitter did not like. If Elon is to restore free speech, all of these people get reinstated. 
Well, this is a long conversation. I don't think right. that having one authoritarian give the company to another authoritarian to make the decision necessarily means free speech. Because if it's if we're relying on Elon's good faith to unban people and then he still retains the right to ban anybody at any time, if he sells the company or something happens to him, someone else takes over, This is, it's just exactly where it was. So it might look like free speech. But really – you need to get that, get rid of that code. You need that code to be he out there. He said he wants to open source yeah, the algorithm. Yes. Right, and, and that's the big issue to me. I don't think the unbanning is even going to be number one. It's going to be make the code transparent, hunt down all these bot farms, because I think that's the big thing. You know, you post anything. You know, I was talking about the torture of Joe Biggs in, in federal prison, and you get people saying he deserves to be tortured because he's an insurrectionist. I'm like, who are you? you? Oh, bot A27Z5, you know, like get off of my timeline. What are you doing here? You know, I developed a whole algorithm for it. Ronfor37.org slash NAH, N-A-A-H. It's like, how can you tell if something is a bot? New, automated, uh, anonymous, and hostile. Those, that's hmm. the, the algorithm and they all fit the mold and they're just, it, Twitter is full of them and, and people, that's what's making Twitter boring. I'm not here to argue with bots. I want to argue with real people. I want to discuss well, with real people. That's what Elon wants to do. He wants to make it so that, um, and th- I think this was his, his proposal, $5 a month for Twitter blue and you get verified. Hmm. I agree with it. That's, Absolutely. I have, I have mixed feelings because that just feels like a pay to play model that if, if the you five know, bucks, yeah, if the U.S. government wants to find a thousand people that are going to toe the line and give them all five bucks a month to do it, it does. Those people aren't more valid than me, who doesn't feel like paying the money. He says everybody human is going to have the chance to get verified, but it's the humans that are getting paid by like uh, a nefarious actor to be there. That I wonder, like, how is that going to make them seem no. more valid because they spent five bucks? The bots aren't a human. You can have one human manning like a hundred different bot yeah. accounts, and bots. that's what's happening. As my joke is like, there's a, either a DNC or Pentagon office somewhere where somebody's running all of these. But then you're talking about having them verify their actual personality with like a social security number or an address, which is extremely dangerous to or centralize that data or an ID. Yeah, if you if, if you centralize that data on a on some database, people from all around the world can seize I, it and sell it and t- find out where you live and what what your Ian, credit card that, information that, is. But but that argument. You're arguing that, I mean, every single website does that. Uh, we, yeah. I've been looking into what's called decentralized identity. There's ways for you to have okay, an okay. identity online that isn't necessarily part sure, of Sure, sure. But a let's, database. let's keep the context to Twitter because yeah. what you're saying is just some idea of something that might happen. But Elon is doing nothing different from literally any other website. Um, I, ident- if there's, I you trade crypto. You got to verify your identity to trade crypto. Yeah, I worry about some of those websites, frankly. That's because mm-hmm. there's a um, financial incentive like with mines too you can spend money with like mines plus so that you're able to send the mines tokens off the network onto your own per- personal wallet so there's a financial value to spending money per month right. but if it's just well, to I show everyone I, that you're, you're I real it's i don't like, think you well, have I don't to go. understand what your argument against elon musk is though it sounds like you're saying the internet itself has a problem not what elon I'm is saying doing is pay great. to verify is not my is not a solution to verification i can't it doesn't verify right, right, but let's, let's let's say he goes for the humans get verified model if you're if you're human, you can choose verification. That's what, originally Twitter verification was to prove you weren't a robot mm-hmm. because they were robot accounts, and they were like you can verify that. And if someone want, makes a parody account or whatever, you have your in cross and it's your image. You verified it. Yeah, it's to keep popular accounts from getting um, mimicked or you know fake accounts. No, no, no. The original the original purpose was just to prove you were a real person, to prove you were the person behind the account. It had nothing to do with stopping mimicry. Uh, or or imitation or or anything like that. Eventually, they said we can't scale this up, so they gave up. 
They said, we're not going to verify people anymore. We're closing verification requests. It's only mm. going to be for the celebrities we choose because we don't want to deal with it. This mm. led to a huge backlash where people were like, verification's a badge of, of uh, like authenticity. Twitter, mm. you, you get special features when you're verified yeah. that other people don't get. Run and for so, office. That'll get you verified. Or work for a major <laughs> corporation. You can make that phone call. So one of the things he wants to do is you can be verified. Good. And then I'll just be like, verified accounts only, please. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with an account with one follower. That's like the 80th account some guy's running because he bought 10 phones to do it or a company or some like some, what was that? What was that Democrat company that did sock puppies? I'm not going to, we'll avoid naming them for, for legality reasons, but you've got political firms that will hire one guy to run 50 accounts and pretend to be 50 people to try and sway public opinion, to harass you, get rid of all of that. That'll make the platform healthier. Absolutely. And you can tell who the bots are because they're all coming from the same IP address. This is what I said. Like, let's look at what the IP address of some of these bots are. I mean, we don't have to make it fully transparent, but, you know, Elon and the engineers at Twitter can take a look at that. It shouldn't be that hard to notice who the bots are that way. There's two, like, um, I guess, ethos of of running social media there's real identity real id where they can like track you down to the to the way you poop in the day and then there's anonymous id where they have no idea who you are and they're both valuable like if you have a totalitarian regime and you're on twitter they're going to know exactly where you are and what you're saying they'll find you and get you but if you have anonymous accounts you, you're able to have a revolution against a, a corrupted establishment um Mm-hmm. You don't well, have to be verified. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it possible to not be verified but and remain if, anonymous? Say I'm not forcing you to verify. If I'm not verified, you're, you're going to set yours so that you can only get responses from people that are. There's going to be people that aren't verified that don't want to play that so game what? or spend that money. And then there's going to be like so nobodies what? that are getting the government agencies paying their $5 a month that are going to seem like valid or so what? That's the thing about politics. A, you find very quickly intense. if you want to have an opinion, you got to step up and, and stand up for yourself. If I'm out in, the, in, in, in public and I see a bunch of people wearing masks all yelling things, I will hold their opinion to less value than someone standing up with, with, with identity revealed. Mm-hmm. I understand the value of anonymity for that reason, depending on the things people are talking about. I respect people's right to it. But if I mm-hmm. know who you are, I know what's behind you, I know what you stand for and why, I have more reason to trust well, you. I'm a huge advocate of people making videos for that reason because you cannot fake it when you make a video. They see your face. They see your mouth. You get out of the text in general. That's I've been talking about this since 2006, so I'm, I'm fully on board with getting behind your own words. But there are times and places where that's very dangerous. And I, I don't think those people should be shut out of the conversation. Well, but also I, I, wait a couple of years on the video front, man. That stuff's getting easier and easier fakes. to fake. Yeah. I, I, I agree, Ian. But what you're saying is it's, it's, it's preference. Now, if somebody wants to distribute an anonymous uh, pamphlet or something, you can still do it. The people who were sharing the Founding Fathers' ideas were doing it as themselves. But the ideas behind it were, were under pen names or pseudonyms. So no one knew who was actually writing it, but people were sharing it. They weren't posting it as like anime characters. I mean, <laughs> right. I, look, I interact with plenty of anonymous accounts, you know, but they act in good faith. They make good arguments, you know, and, and so I listen to them. And that's been the interesting thing about Twitter is there is a sort of natural prestige system where people who make interesting insights, honest statements, you know, that are valuable, their engagement goes up, their followers go up and they become you value their opinion more than some random who comes in and calls you a poopy. Well, ask a question. Should Titanium McGrath be verified? Oh, if you don't know who that is, it's a fake person. Tatiana, Tatiana McGrath. So there, you would need a policy oh, a on that. Titania is the name of the fairy from the, uh, from what okay. story was that from? Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, yeah. 
That's an interesting concept. I mean, is is uh, yeah, it would be a, a legit, but it would be a legitimate parody site, and you want to like, it's not a seg- site, huh? It's it's not a website, so I'd say no. Well, no, but there could be imitators. Would I don't know. Well, do, it's just something to think about. I'm curious. I mean, do fictional characters ever get check marks on Twitter to verify that it's an official account? I guess Mickey Mouse or something is Mickey Mouse. Interesting. On yeah, let me look into that. <laughs> Disney trademark properties. Uh-huh. Well, while you're looking that up, let's jump to this story. We have this from the Post Millennial. Twitter employees go absolutely insane after Elon Musk buys the company. Quote, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I really don't want to work for a company that's owned by Elon Musk. Well, welcome to the real world. But Bring here's, in here's, the here's, here's the craziest part. Take a look at this from Bloomberg. Twitter locks down product changes after agreeing to Musk bid. The fear is that rogue employees will nuke the platform. So they had to lock everything down. That's how crazy things have gotten. Now, there's, a, there's one funny tweet that I want to highlight. Sean Davis from uh, – he's at The Federalist, oh, right? Yeah. Co- CEO mm-hmm. and co-founder of The Federalist. He tweets uh, uh, this from Talman Smith who says, quote, A part of what I do I'm, – I'm sorry. Talman Smith is quoting somebody else. I don't want – it's not a tribute to him. Quote, A part of what I do is monitoring toxicity and health in the trends. I don't know if this will impact my job directly. I want to still have a job, and I don't know how this impacts that. They added they're pretty broken – Wish I had a nuanced take on it, but I'm just scared and sad. Well, I will tell you how this buyout will affect your job. Uh, it won't because you won't have one. Haha. No, I, I think Elon Musk will keep a lot the same. I think the first thing that's going to happen is he'll have to go in and learn how the machine works. Then mm-hmm. he'll probably throw up into a couple paper bags, realizing what's going on <laughs> behind the scenes, both because people post horrifying things and yeah. both because the censorship and manipulation is worse than anyone realized. Mm-hmm. And then he'll try to get a handle on it. Yeah, I mean, this is part of what's so golden about this entire thing. You have all these Twitter employees absolutely losing their minds, just behaving like unhinged maniacs as if we're supposed to see that and go, oh, man, I'm sorry that they don't have free reign anymore. Yeah, I don't really want scared and sad people running my Twitter accounts. Exactly. For, just so you know, scared and sad guy. Um, <laughs> and this was exactly the reaction everybody predicted, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, we finally got rid of Donald Trump because he's such a poopy head. I couldn't stand him. Like, why is that your decision? Shouldn't be. I don't think any, no. any one person should have the reins on that kind of power right now. Well, and again, they have played their hand. They're showing that these are not cool, calm, and collected people who can make reasonable decisions in a time of crisis. Look at the way they're acting right now. Eli, someone they don't like now has control of their company. And they're all, they're in histrionics. I'll be, now, I'm just doing some math. I'm looking as of December 21. There's more than 7,500 Twitter employees. That's a lot of people. And Elon is is pretty. I would call him cutthroat. What would you say you do here? Yeah, exactly. They work from home. That was a big part of this Twitter thread, too, that Tim had pulled up earlier, as they were saying most of Twitter employees work from home now. They're wondering if that's going to change. I think that he's going to slash the employee. This is what I said. What would happen if Elon Musk just shut down the VPN, locked out all the employees except for the knocks at the data center? Would Twitter become a better website just from that? This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What would that look like exactly? You wouldn't have these toxicity moderators, for one. I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah. Toxicity firing. You know, you know, Elon Musk is in for a rude awakening. I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's, he's planned strategically. I think he cornered Twitter. The shareholders may still try and push back, but I really don't see what their, what their votes are going to be. I mean, you're getting free Mm. money, but let me, I think Ian understands this, especially having worked with mines. When Eon said, when, uh, when, when Eon, when Elon, <laughs> it's getting to I, that point. I fused them both. <laughs> yes, you did, sir. When Elon says he wants free speech, I don't think he understands truly what that will mean to open the floodgates. And I think even Elon Musk must have a line. So I'll, po- I'll pose this. It is free speech to show images of dead babies. Because you want people to know about the horrors of what's going on with abortion, say, right, James? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how will people know they don't want it unless they can see what's actually happening? Will advertisers want to be on a platform where there are photos of dead babies? It's an interesting question. To be fair, I think what Elon Musk means— I saw Lizzo's ads <laughs> in a thong for, like, like how many times Eon, no, before I finally realized I did not want to see that? Yeah, no— <laughs> It's an interesting question. I think this is uh, a really complicated problem that not a lot of people consider, which is that even with these conservative alternatives that they're trying to launch, if any of them ever happen to catch on, or even with this, what Musk is trying to do, implementing a more neutral model with respect to speech, at some point, you're right, it could affect profitability. And then what happens then? Yeah, I think the the ad revenue model is dying. It's it's useless. It's, well, it's getting to the point where it's useless. And well, it's your friends. But that's why Elon but, says he wants to drive up memberships. So. And, well, I just want to say, I like what Elon Muskland, no, I like what Elon <laughs> Musk is saying uh, about Elon a lot of this, Bush. but here's what I'm curious about. Without looking at this through any ideological framework, Tim, you were sort of mentioning earlier that restricting certain advertisers from being able to pay Twitter to have their ads placed there could be failing to fulfill their fiduciary responsibility. Do you think there's an argument to be made that the shareholders allowing unfettered free speech could also be failing to uphold their fiduciary responsibility because it could make the company less profitable. I would argue. Uh, I, I, I well, I actually addressed that. I said mm. when it when it comes to politics, the board might actually argue that taking on yeah. some advertisers would hurt us, which is why they justify it. But climate change, there's no there's no justification for that. Mm. No, no, I agree with you. I guess my point is, you're, you're, will e- no, no, my point is, do you think? That's going to pose a threat to Elon being able to make this a free speech platform. No. Are they going to say we are failing to fulfill our Elon fiduciary won't responsibility? Have shareholders. Yeah, he's he's oh, oh, that's right. He's taking a private. Duty. I can't believe it. All right. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. You're right. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. means he could go on and he can read your DMs. He, Elon can that's slide crazy. into anyone. You know, you know, you, know, you, know, you got to understand what he's buying right now. He's buying the ability to DM. Britney Spears. He's like, gonna he's buying the ability name, to read his ex's messages. Well, bro. like somebody, somebody who, who's who's a Madonna. Some who, who's who's his age? Yeah, Eminem. Elon mm-hmm. Musk now has the power to open up DMs to anyone he wants. He owns it. It's his. 
Well, let me ask you a question. Would you rather own the Washington Post or Twitter? Not even a question. You know the answer to that one, man. So so who's ahead in the billionaire game, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? Oh, Bezos is, and we know this because he's trying to throw shade at Musk on Twitter. Well, you mean (laughs) Musk is. But Bezos bought Washington Post for like $200 million. Right. Yeah, Elon put up $44 billion. Um, it was funny. Elon, or or, I'm sorry, uh, Bezos said something along the lines of, does China now have a stake in the public square in (laughs) response to Elon Musk purchasing Twitter? No, no, but I want want to go back to that, to the free speech point I was making Uh before. Elon Musk has a line. And his, and AWS, which Twitter is is on, right? It's on AWS? Yeah. Oh, actually, I don't know if Twitter is. Twitter's, Twitter's, they might have their own infrastructure, I suppose. I think they have their own infrastructure. I would not trust AWS. (laughs) Well, yeah, but Twitter would. I mean, they're they're bored. 2020, Twitter chooses AWS. There you go, exactly. So what happens when Elon Musk says, I want unfettered free speech, which results in, uh, let's just be real. Well, that's what happened to You're going to get a lot of people who are even on the left who are going to masquerade as the right saying racial slurs. Yeah. So that Elon Musk's. So the, 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 the chain link in the infrastructure mm-hmm. of Twitter re, re, revolts against him. So you're going to have AWS saying, we won't host this because there's people posting untoward content. You're going to have the app stores saying, until you clean this up, yeah. Elon Musk can take Twitter, but everything around him can, you know, the entirety of Silicon Valley can surround him and shut him down. So how, how much could Elon Musk tolerate? How much can Twitter tolerate? And then how much can they withstand a barrage from Silicon Valley. He may be the world, the world's richest man, but the combined wealth and power of the entirety of Silicon Valley and venture capital surrounding it, I don't think he can, he can beat, he can beat that. No. Well, no, that's no, what no, I'm even. saying. Like expanding free speech and then banning people is probably going to be very late in the game. Right now, he just wants to develop a consistent set of policies that are transparent and that for them to have a problem with that would be revealing more about themselves and about Elon. And I'll give you another idea. Does Elon taking over Twitter embolden a Mark Zuckerberg to allow Facebook to become a bit more free and transparent because he's getting the same pressures that Elon Musk is and it's killing Facebook. What did their stock drop like one third in one night? They can use this as an, as an excuse and say, in order for us to compete now, We've got a private company worth $50 billion, mm-hmm. and it's one of the biggest social pla- social media platforms in the world. Their allowing of free speech is making people want to leave our platform. Sorry, shareholders. It is our fiduciary duty. We must start unbanning. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll do it because I think they're, they're ideologically driven, not profit driven, but that's a possibility. But I think that's a difference we have. I don't think it's an issue of shareholders. It's, you know, an issue of political pressure. I mean, we were talking about how like this, you know, California politicians were telling Facebook and Twitter, ban these guys, censor those guys. Barack Obama is coming on saying that there's too much trash on the internet. It needs to be banned. You have political figures in this country who are openly advocating against the First Amendment and using their political muscle to make these private companies do their bidding. It's the thing about free speech. When we talk about free speech, we got to define it firstly. It's the American, the United States of America's version of it is enshrined in the Constitution, mm-hmm. that kind of free speech, where mm-hmm. you can't say certain things in that kind of free speech. Mm-hmm. So that isn't translating to the Internet. It doesn't translate to the Internet. You can't. It's, they're all authoritarian networks that are owned by someone that can ban anything at any time. Yeah, there's no free speech. Yeah, so mm-hmm. saying bring free speech to Twitter doesn't – it's it's a non sequitur. It doesn't make even, sense. Even even Gab doesn't have absolute free speech. No, and nor should because, it. Spam because, is a new right. a new phenomenon. And and doxing. 
because mm. we all agreed, okay, doxing crosses the line. And showing, even, even Andrew Torba of Gab said that. Like you said, showing pictures of like gruesome stuff, that's free mm-hmm. speech, but, but that, you don't, you know, there's no, times that, and places where. Well, it's up to the, the authoritarian that, owner of the company no, whether or not I, it should be allowed. I understand that. But I, so, uh, so I, I would say people typically say free speech is the expression of political thoughts, ideas, et cetera. And so we try to understand in that, in that framework, spam doesn't fit that. If someone is trying to shut down the conversation by screaming, some would argue that's not free speech. That's just screaming. In fact, that's shutting people down. There's, mm-hmm. there's also free speech. There's also property rights. So if someone comes into your business and they start telling you something you don't want to hear, you can kick them out of the building and the government can't say, no, you have to let them sit there. Free speech. You have to bake their cake for them. That's not, yeah. that's not true, Ian. If I come into your establishment, you can kick me out for any reason. Right. Not if you say, if you come into the restaurant and start talking about your, your protected, your, your, your protected status. You, you can ask me to leave your premises at any moment for any reason. That's, that's property that's, rights. That's part of your property that's rights. Not, that's not true. I mean, sh- give me an example so, uh, where you can't uh, the, kick the 1964 Civil Rights Act protects special classes uh, in public accommodation, meaning— I'm talking it, about private accommodation. This is all private. Right. Twitter's a private company. Right. You don't, you, well, you, 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 no. Hold you, on. Hold on. You misunderstand. Public accommodation means like a, a McDonald's. It's privately owned, but it's open to the public. If I walk in and say, and scream something like, my dog— you know, bite strangers and they say, please, sir, be quiet and you won't, they can kick you out. If you go in and start screaming something about a protected class, now they're in, 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 a, in a troubled situation. If they kick you out, they could argue he was screaming. Of course, the individual say, I went in there and started saying I am this protected class. So they kicked me out. That's where it gets money. Okay, if you're saying McDonald's is a public accommodation, then I'm open to that argument. I just have McDonald's is a public accommodation. Yeah, public, public accommodations are like services facilities. and buildings that are open to the public. So like Timcast is a business. It's private property. It is not a public accommodation. People can't come here. Wendy's is because they want you to come into their building. But that means they have mm-hmm. to under the, 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 I believe it's the 1964 Civil Rights Act. They cannot deny. So they, they can put up signs all day and night saying we, re, we reserve the right to refuse service to anybody. You get into muddy territory because, of course, you can kick someone out for screaming. But if they're screaming things about a protected class, their argument in court will now go up against yours. And are, are you is, saying that if uh, like a homeless person goes into a Wendy's and just st- goes to sleep in one of the booths, that they can't kick the person? No, out? No, you can kick of the person out. But like if you kick a person out just because they're a protected class and they can prove that in court, I think, well, then kick, they got a case against you. You kick them out for for loitering. Yes, right. So Ian, if a black person walked into a Wendy's, the manager can't say you're loitering. Get out. Technically, they can, but we all see what happens. They lose in court. But my point is, technically, they can. And then the media goes, goes off and says they're racist. Yeah, there might be a cultural backlash, but technically, no, they can. No, no, Ian. It is not. All right. It's uh, not that's not, there's you no point be, arguing about this anymore. My point right, is so, Twitter so, can ban anyone at any time for any reason. They don't need a reason. Be, that's mostly because of Section 230. They actually have a special provision that allows them to bypass the public accommodation provision of the, of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. This was always the craziest thing to me that you can't deny someone access to public to a public accommodation on the basis of certain specialized uh, classes or, or you know identities or whatever but twitter gets to because of section 230 meaning quite literally someone can post that they believe in gay marriage and twitter can say no you don't ban and i'm like but wait a minute it's because i forgot i forgot it was it was explained to me by a lawyer it may have been will chamberlain i'm not sure but someone explained that uh the expression of opinion is not you know the same thing as denying someone service because of who they are mm-hmm. so like if you say i will not provide you service you have to leave because of this thing about you and i just said that's ridiculous because they could just argue that's why they got banned 
And mm-hmm. basically, the broad protections of Section 230 make it impossible to win on that front. Now, if you want to talk about is this company a public accommodation, I don't know. I feel like it's very fascist to for a government to tell a private company what they have to do with their company. You could argue that there's monopolies and that that's the government's job is to break up monopolies. Well, that's the big issue, right? And they say, like, well, what the, this person said is very offensive. But then, like I said, in the past two years, you've had people make very reasoned, very cogent arguments that are not at all offensive. But because they go against, like, the financial interests of BlackRock, you know, they get banned. I mean, that is a much... There is no philosophical case against that, right? It's purely a political case there. Um, well, I don't know if it, you know, I mean, and I with, the, with the, with the lockdowns, I mean, you saw it more than anything. People didn't want ma- children getting masks. People were getting tired of the lockdowns. The lockdowns weren't doing anything, but they were getting banned for saying it. You know, I mean, just look at the trucker convoy in Canada. So, so, so my, my, my point earlier on though, cause I think people, so at least some people misunderstand free speech on Twitter means people will be saying, will be responding to every post with a racial slur. It means there there will be people who will do that. You have the option to block them. That's reality. If you want to go out to the town square, you're going to hear people screaming nasty things that they're going to be holding up really awful signs. And that's reality. You can't hide from it. Twitter seems to think that they wanted to craft this utopian world where they would decide what things were toxic and what things weren't. We'll see if Elon Musk will tolerate that because either he says free speech or he decides from his own personal morals, some things are okay and some things aren't. I'm looking up this uh, federal accommodations, public accommodations things. You can't discriminate on basis of race, color, religion, or national origin or disabilities. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I, but a private company could still toss you out if they just don't like the way you smell, right? Yes. Okay. So the, the, the issue to me every day. The, the issue arises when you have a person who is a protected class. And they and just, you don't like the way they smell. Then they're going to be like, oh, it was my race. And you'll be like, no, it's because you were stinking up the establishment. And, they, and then they'll say, we'll see you in court and you'll lose. And guess what? You will. Maybe. That's, an, maybe, that's, that's will. an issue in where in L.A. where some tweaker will come into establishment and start harassing people and even getting into fights. And at that point, you got to friggin' wrestle them out of the I, establishment. I feel like all this argument about free speech on the internet is a facade, a fallacy. There is none. You cannot have free speech in a private company. Good luck trying to. you got to fix the way that that is built. I've told you how to do it in the past. You free the software code. You get it off your but back. That, but, Let but, other people spin up their own Twitters with their own terms of service well, so you, you can pick the one that works the best. You're contradicting yourself. And they all interoperate. I don't think so. You are. If the, you said that there can't be free speech on the internet. Well, there can be. You just explained how to do it. You can give different networks the ability to choose to have free speech on them if they want, but you can't make someone give you free speech. I think this. Well, if I, you, what, do you, what do you what do you mean? Like if you walk into a place where you're not wanted and you say what you think is your right to say, they can they can stop you. They not can, everywhere. They can cancel you off on the internet. They can. So uh, we talked about this with uh, Occupy Wall Street. It's, it's what's called a privately owned public space. Yeah. And the courts ruled that even though it's privately owned, because it's a park open to the public, this is Zuccotti. They had to allow protest. So I argued Twitter should be the same way, a privately owned public space. Sure, you can privately own it. You can put up whatever billboards you want. But if it is a speech business open to the public, you should not be able to bar Mm -hmm. people for protest. Yeah. Ian, I get what you're saying. It's a complicated question, but there was actually a Supreme Court decision, Marsh versus Alabama in the 1940s, and they basically determined that in a company town, they were not able to prohibit a woman from passing out religious literature because it was protected by the First Amendment, even though it was their private property. 
And I think it has something to do with taking up a certain amount of the public square that mm. you are now required to uphold the law of the land. Oh, that's okay. And in so the United States, it is the first. Amendment. So she came into my house and started passing out mm-hmm. religious stuff. I can't say you can't do that, but I can say get out of my house. Yeah. So, well, my um, understanding, and again, I'm not a legal expert. I'm not an expert on this case by any means. I've heard a bit about it, but my understanding is basically that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus if you own a large enough or you occupy a large enough percentage of the public square as a private business, there are certain First Amendment responsibilities that you have. There is a back that- and forth on this, actually, in the state of California, where malls are technically supposed to allow people to leaflet and do political activity. But then they sort of go back and say, no, we have the right to regulate in the interest of keeping the mood of our mall. So, like, I've, for example, you go to some malls, you're like, okay, you can go set up a table over there, but you have to, like, you know, file an application and give a deposit and all that. We ignore those. When I when I was doing fundraising, they would tell you, and this happened all the time, go to a shopping center. You're allowed to work for causes and fundraise and, and, and protest. They will tell you you can't. They will tell you they're calling the police. They can't do anything. And if the police show up, the police will defend you. And sure enough, every time the police came up, apologized to me and just said, ignore them. You're allowed to, if like you're outside, you're on a, you're in a parking lot outside waving to people. As long as you're not being, you're not obstructing anybody. As long as you're not screaming at anybody, you're just waving and handing out flyers and asking people to talk. Totally fine. Protected under the first amendment. I think part of why I'm concerned with what you were saying about treating Twitter as part of the commons and just letting it fly is who, how will you moderate that? Moderate who, and who's it. in charge then of moderating it? Like if it's a private company and you're like, you can't moderate it the way you want. Now figure out how to moderate it. That no, doesn't no, make on, any sense. What, 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 See, so I don't how do we moderate, how do we moderate the public? We have police. Okay. We have police. Problem solved, right? Well, we have laws and things, the Constitution so that guides the actions of if the someone, police. If someone posts something illegal, which there are many things illegal under the law, then there you go. The police get called, intervene, arrest the person. And mm-hmm. then if, it's, if, if Elon's Twitter decides we're going to immediately remove any, any, anything made, any, anything made uh, we're made aware of that's illegal will be removed instantly. The police will be informed. But then the police tr- will go trespassing is illegal. So if you're on Twitter... If you're in their space, so that's a, it's it's just okay, a different uh, environment. Well, so let's, let's, I just let's, let's I just want to read story, one sentence. Going, this, this well, nonsense. I just want to read one sentence from this decision that I pulled up here. Uh, Justice Hugo L. Black noted that, and quote here. The more an owner, for his advantage, opens up his property for use by the public in general, the more do his rights become circumscribed by the statutory and constitutional rights of those who use it. Hmm. So, 
I, it, having making a private company act as if it's the United States government is challenging. I agree that these things are in the commons. I do believe they are in the commons. This far, far right in Crossland free market. I, I don't think that forcing Twitter to change its its terms makes any sense. It's super dangerous precedent. If if the government starts well, deciding what companies have to how they have to behave, we're we're effed. But we're dude. not right now. It's just a private a guy has bought it and he's going to change it the way he sees fit. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Let's 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 go to this story right here. We got this from TimCast.com. Donald Trump says he will not return to Twitter after Elon Musk purchased the platform. He'll make improvements to it, but I am going to be staying on truth, said Trump. Oh, uh, boy. I don't think Trump is actually on truth. He's not posted anything, has he? No. I don't know. I'm not on it, and I don't think anyone else is either. I mean, I, I have an account there I don't use. Yeah. Whatever. I don't have one. Quote, Trump told Fox News, I am not going on Twitter. I am going to stay on truth. I hope Elon buys Twitter because he'll make improvements to it, and he's a good man, but I am going to be staying on truth. We're making million, We're taking in millions of people. And what we're finding is that the response on truth is much better than being on Twitter. That's just fundamentally not true. And anyone of influence knows it. All of these conservatives are pointing out that the left won't leave the platform. Twitter is the place you got to be because of platform monopoly. Are yeah. you saying that the liar lied? I'm oh, sorry, Seamus. Well, I, well, I, I'm not, I, would, he didn't lie. Well, I'm saying he's wrong. What do you mean? I, yeah. I, I, what I was going to say here is that I think, um, you know, it's very noble and I would argue in many ways a good thing when conservatives try to start their own platforms in this sphere. But the problem is Twitter's utility is the fact that basically everybody's on it and your perspective can be heard by people who didn't just come to hear a right wing perspective. So you actually have the possibility of changing people's minds about things. And so if Elon Musk is able to make Twitter, or I should say Elon um, Muskland mush. is able to make mush is mush. able to make Twitter a, a more fair and open platform for different political views. That would be much better for us as a movement than to all, you know, segregate ourselves to this conservative website that other I'd, people aren't seeing. I'd like to pull up this uh, this tweet from how do you say his name? this guy's name? Robert Reich. Robert, Robert Reich. Yeah. Reich. Oh man, I think it's Reich. Is it is it Reich? Pretty sure. Reich. Yeah. I'd like to pull up this tweet. Um, this tweet from him in which he basically copies a tweet from me from seven years ago or whatever. He says, Musk and his apologists say if consumers don't like what he does with Twitter, they can go elsewhere. But where else would consumers go to post short messages that can reach millions of people other than Twitter? Mm. The free market increasingly reflects the demands of big money. It's called platform monopoly. It's bad for our democracy as well as our economy. Well, you know what, Robert? Too effing bad. You've lost any good faith response from me in this in this effort because you and your ilk have spent the entirety of the past six years burning everything to the ground, spitting in the face of people who had political disagreements with you. And now that you're poised to lose, you think you can come back and say, oh, this platform monopoly is a big problem. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying, what, seven years ago. And now, and now that you've come crawling back, I say this, you don't get to wage war. And then once you start losing or fear losing, come and beg for a ceasefire. I'm not playing that. Elon Musk is going to be doing exactly what, well, we're hoping that Elon Musk will do what we've been hoping someone would do with Twitter, and that is bring free speech. So you don't have to leave, Robert. You get to stay and say all of your dumb things to everybody, and we are not calling for you to be banned. We just want the rules to be transparent. We want people who are suspended for BS fake reasons like Carpe Donctum to be reinstated and you can go cry about platform monopoly somewhere else because we've all been and we've all been taking issue with that for some time. Your your complaints are duly noted and duly ignored. 
Does, yeah. Does I, that article show his tweet from like three years ago where he said it's a private company and could do it at once? Yeah, he said literally people, how it started, where it's going. No, his, his, his it's, tweet that everyone's highlighting and they're pointing it out as hypocritical. He said that the people complaining about the First Amendment on Twitter failed to realize it's a private company and they can do what they want. He's not wrong. The First Amendment is pertaining to government restriction. However, most people aren't saying the First Amendment. If he wants to highlight truly ignorant people who are incorrectly saying the First Amendment, by all means, he can go and do that. Most people who believe in free speech are talking about the principle of free speech, one in which the First Amendment protects but exists outside of the Constitution. The principle of free speech is that we respect that other people will say things we don't like in the public discourse. Twitter does not respect free speech. Facebook, YouTube, none of these platforms do. Twitter used to. Web 1.0 was truly a glorious time. I just remember, remember that. Oh, yeah. Web 1.0. Yeah, I don't know. The mm. lack of self-awareness is astounding. I mean, look, I, I never exactly pictured him as the kind of person who is really in touch with what people who disagreed with him were saying or thinking. But you have to have literally not heard a single thing a conservative has said for the past five years to make this point and think you're saying anything. Be fair, Seamus. Yes. If these people are only watching CNN, of course yeah. that's the case. No, exactly. Exactly. But to have a political platform that large when you have no idea what the other side is saying is that's what drives me that's the free speech the term free speech it's like free speech they don't it's like a buzzword it's free free code mm. big networks need free code not free speech mm. free speech who's deciding the owner of the network you can't tell them what to do i hear all, all i'm saying what? is robert reich should be more like me and know enough about his opponent's position to make fun of them in short form cartoons but yeah he's not yes. there. what is it about our intellectual class where they get so much stuff so desperately wrong exactly well and this is what's so depressing it's not as if we have an intellectual class which is mediocre we have an intellectual class which is stupid. They're dumb. They're really unintelligent. You think they're affluent? Is it affluenza? Mm-hmm. Bad so faith. Affluenza. I think it's pride. I think pride blinds I, I people. Think, I think they have to push a certain company line, and they doesn't matter how they lie or get stuff wrong to achieve it. There's just company line you got to put out, and you got to stick with it. And if you stray from that company line, you no longer have a job. Well, and the question is... Does he believe this or is he just, as you're saying, trying to toe the company line? Does he think it would be an effective strategy? Because my point is, whether he believes it or not, to think that it's an effective strategy to out yourself as a hypocrite so blatantly, to me, is bizarre. Come on. They do it every day. Yeah. It's uh, something you learn about frauds. They're stupid and they're liars. There's no division there. Right. Rational people have that division. There are people right now that, that are complaining. Because Al Franken basically was forced to resign in disgrace over that photo where he was, you know, grabbing that woman's chest. And they're complaining about this Madison Cawthorn photo where he's got women's lingerie on at a drinking at, on a cruise at a party. And I can't remember who tweeted it, but they were like, uh, Al Franken was forced to resign over something much less salacious than this. And it's like, no, he wasn't. He, he assaulted a woman. Like Madison Cawthorn's in a chair drinking at a party and doing silly things. Call him, say it's inappropriate, fine, whatever, it's a party. But he didn't grab and assault someone. And he's actually so, representing most Americans. Well, so my, my, my point is... And they're very my, awake my, my, my women right next to my him. My point <laughs> is that they're, they're creating this false hypocrisy where they try and pull things up. They're like, ha-ha, this is hypocritical. And it's like, dude, Robert Reich tweeting this, which we all tweeted seven or eight years ago, is absolutely, absolutely astounding. He just one day came to realize, truly these people are vapid and devoid of any curiosity. They don't care what other people think. They make things up. They regurgitate them. And that's why we bought a billboard in Times Square. 
With special thanks to Daily Wire for helping make it happen. That says Taylor Lorenz doxed libs of TikTok because you don't get to go on TV and just lie without getting some pushback. So that's us pushing back, even if it's a small gesture. Yeah, I like your war analogy because it's kind of like being the aggressor and attacking someone else. And as soon as they fight back, you're like, all we are saying is give peace a chance. Like, dude, you guys started this. This no, is no, your fault. It's, it's, not, it's not when you fight back. It's when they realize they might lose. Yeah. yeah. They're like, uh-oh, wait. You mean that guy I picked a fight with actually has is, is an MMA fighter? Mm-hmm. Actually, do you guys see the Joe Rogan episode with that MMA guy? He said that he, he got into politics because he saw Antifa beating up some dude. Oh, yeah. Wow. And he tried to pull him off and they start fighting him. And he beat the crap out of them. And then they immediately backed off, realizing he had the power. Sounds like a right-wing terrorist to me, Tim. The left right now is fascistic. They believe there is no truth but power. Antifa uses violence against people because they believe in using violence to gain power. When that MMA guy tried saving that dude and defended himself, and they realized he had more power physically than they did, they retreated. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. Well, yeah, the, the convictions be- are only as are as weak and flabby as their little arms. I'm surprised the local district attorney didn't land the MMA fighter in prison. Seriously. No, and so the left, they, they're basically a metronome, and they very quickly go back and forth between, I'm very tough, be scared of me, and oh, I'm a poor, sweet, innocent little victim, someone come protect me. Mm-hmm. Sounds like bipolar someone that's bipolar sounds like someone who's lying to gain power it yeah, sounds like yeah, somebody whatever too. gets them more power they do it this right guy robert reich i remember him being kind of vocal about hillary's emails when that podesta emails dropped you know thirteen thousand emails that they ended up get, trying to hide 30? from the public thirty thousand and he was a big proponent of of bernie sanders at the time and, and was really involved with the like the progressive movement as it seemed like it might actually function mm-hmm. kind of what trump picked up the reins of and then he went full tds trump derangement syndrome in, in this hate of donald trump which is like it was just so party politics like cult thought so i thought reich was really smart until that now i'm like i don't know he's not wrong that because social media monopoly is dangerous reich wants big government and big business whereas trump felt like, look, just give people a chance at a decent wage and you don't need either. And that's where Reich, basically, if you don't have big government and big business, Reich is out of a job. Yeah, that's true. I think what you'll see often is, I'd be interested to see what happens when the right, if the right ever gets institutional power, will they become as hypocritical or will they just defend their side because now they have the power and the ability to wield it? I kind of lean towards no, because at least over the past eight or so years, the Republicans have just sat on their hands and said, slow down there, Democrats, and then done nothing. That's definitely true. I would say if we saw genuine conservatives, real pro-family leaders take power, there would be corruption because that's just always going to exist in any human institution. But I do believe it would be much more structured and effective and honest than anything we're seeing from a left-wing authority structure because, as I've said before, leftism is just a synonym for social decay and they don't have any real principles. So people on the right have genuine values that they try to hold to and that they're accountable to. The left doesn't. All they have is the pursuit of power. I think it's a little broad to say leftism just means social decay. I disagree. I think there's a generational divide. I think modern Modern leftism. There's a reason boomer is an insult. This goes all the way back to the boomer 60s and Woodstock and and the civil rights movement and all that. And you still see it like in my hometown. People are still waiting for that, you know, civil rights movement to come back and they're 70, 80 years Mm -hmm. old, you know, and it's just the younger generations have had enough of it. And it's there's going to be, you know, it's like a clash of the titans. The new generation is being born. Is what we said earlier with new media 
uh, taking over legacy media. And you see these legacy media companies that just don't get new media. You know, they'll pay like hundreds of thousands of dollars for somebody equally clueless about how to go viral on new media when they can hire the teenager down the street who's got like 100,000 subscribers or followers on Instagram. I mean, you take a look at Chicken City. Yeah, more subscribers than CNN, more money than CNN. Well, they had 150,000 paying subscribers on a $300 million initial investment, up to a billion. So probably more profit. But uh, I honestly do think that Chicken City has made, or at least in the first 30 days is on track to make more money than CNN Plus. No, 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 that's not true at all. But my, my point is, Bringing up Chicken City is just because I think it's hilarious how successful it's become. But uh, you were mentioning it before the show. Like none of these people would ever thought – won't think of something like this. Yeah, how do you no. engage community? How do you – you know, you, you've got uh, – even, even, even the Daily Wire is doing a really, really great job fighting back. They're like we're going to make a, a, a children's show. And they are still very much approaching this in a traditional way with, with, mm-hmm. new, with new technologies. And the stuff we're working on is trying to – be very different, much more like a, a skunk works or something. Chicken yeah. City was is a wild and weird idea with chicken parties, but it's very much working in terms of creating a new kind of family content. Well, part of why mm-hmm. I would argue that, it, I, I mean, I imagine Chicken City is more profitable than CNN Plus because you have, pun intended, recouped your costs. <laughs> I mean, CNN Plus was, how how much did you say they invested? 300 you million? Sir. You are correct. Yeah, yes. so, we, so you're turning a profit right. on Chicken City. Right. I mean, look, right. a chicken rave is more interesting than a Jake Tapper boot club <laughs> in absolute terms. I mean, right? the noises aren't all that different, you know, but <laughs> the chickens are more entertaining to watch. You're talking about I the view. That, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right everyone, everyone keeps coming into Chicken City and saying, is this the view? <laughs> You're right about legacy media not knowing what they're doing. Not only do they not know what they're doing, they don't know who to talk to to figure out what to do. Well, I think is a... Is it's a not like, oh, hey, wait, Tim Pool seems to understand viral content. Let me reach out and see if he can give me a referral on how to advertise my whatever you want. Yeah, there's cognitive moment of cognitive dissonance where it's like, no, that can't be working. Even though they see it working, it's like, that can't be working. It can't be working. It takes like two years before they're like, oh, we were wrong. It, it takes right. never. Now, yeah, how do we it's something it like I learned years. about science. It's like the old generation never gets a clue. They just die away and the new generation takes so over. So what's happening is we've seen that with like CBS, ABC. That's legacy, legacy, old golden age. Now we've got this, this modern legacy, which is like Facebook, YouTube, sorry guys, uh, Twitter, <laughs> these centralized services. That that's going the way of the dodo as well. It's moving towards federalization, federation, and decentralization. So networks that aren't already focused on that are also going to start falling away. You've seen yeah. Facebook. No, I mean, but it's even with the even with all the pre- political pressure. For example, like Rakita Media, when they did the Kyle Rittenhouse case, they like eclipsed any of the big three networks in their coverage because not only was it like timely, they got the feed, but they had intelligent analysis of it. Whereas the legacy networks, they did. They were caught with their pants. Not only down. that, but um, I believe for the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial right now, uh-huh. big news. Rakeda Law, I think, is the number one super chatted channel in the country this week, cut with their coverage of the Johnny Good. Depp and Amber Heard trial. Yeah, they were great during the Rittenhouse trial. Did you guys watch trial. any of the trial? I, I tuned in. I was like, I gotta know. We've been talking about Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. I'm like, I, I just gotta get a taste. So I went on and watched, and it's it's John being really funny. 
and he's just making people laugh. That's why really? that thing's so popular right now because he's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, missing out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I try not to pay attention to celebrities, but I did see a couple of clips of him responding to questions while the, the lawyer was harassing him, and it was genuinely pretty funny. Yeah. Mm, it's like yeah. some of the best thing on TV right now yeah. besides this show. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, the, Let's danger, see if we can get him on. The danger that these uh, these new legacy social networks have is that they're centralized. So, like the NSA can go into their database and give them a gag order and then just take control of the network. So if you have centralized services like logins and passwords, that's all legacy stuff, man. Lids, I sent you my meme about finding the feds in the data center. I said when Elon Musk inspects Twitter, that's who he's going to find. We talked about who's going to be on the ban list. It's the people on the blacklists. Yeah. The people that are deranked and don't know it, all that's going to start that, coming That's out what too. I'm saying. That's my main issue with Twitter is like the people who are interesting, you just don't see them and you have no idea why and they if, don't have any idea why. I wonder how many people are going to go to prison. Maybe it's a, maybe it's, it's a stretch to assume, but I imagine the testimony that we heard before Congress was false. And really? that Elon Musk is going to have documents showing shadow banning and all that stuff they claim they didn't do. The issue, however, is going to be that Jack Dorsey is going to be like, well, at the time, I, I, frankly, I, I didn't, didn't know that it was going on, and I was acting under the um, the advisement of our, our legal counsel. So. This it was is... a, you know what they say, the buck stops with the legal counsel. It's not my fault. <laughs> Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey on this show. Uh, open invite. Guys, guys would love to have you. That'd be amazing. I, uh, uh, I hit up Joe Rogan. I was like, you, me, Elon, Jack Dorsey. Twitter, uh, Twitter episode round two. Oh my god! <laughs> but but you know, if, if whether something like that could actually happen, I kind of feel like I once again just kind of like shoving myself in there. You have you know, to like, wait for Elon to take over Twitter and make agreements with Jack Dorsey about what mm-hmm. he can and can't say. Sign the proper NDA, and then you're going to hear Jack Dorsey unfettered. It's so good. I've been planning a tech symposium with like Chris um, at Rumble, Bill Ottman at Mines. You know, we got. Gab, we got Andrew Torba, we got Jeremy Kaufman at, at Odyssey. There's Jack Dorsey with Twitter. Now Elon can be involved and he's a developer. He's a coder, man. This guy, it's so great to have him at the table. Right. I think he bought Twitter so he could go. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to be in on he it. He read my mind. Exactly. Yeah. He can look at the algorithms and figure out what's up. That's the exciting part. It'd be funny if like the only thing he does is just tweet at some like celebrity like Sia or something. And he's like, yo, I would really love to meet you and hang out. And then afterwards, he just sells the company back. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, all I wanted to do. Like, I didn't know how, I know how to get a hold of this person. So, yeah. I, I do. Rich. I am curious what his long term plans are. He says he wants to make it a more free speech. Platform. I know his long term plan. Somebody was saying right in public again once we it's got worth it. way more. No, he's not planning on Take a look at this tweet. Really? We have this tweet from Trung Fan. Hacker News speculating on how Twitter will integrate with SpaceX for interplanetary communication. What? Someone wrote, this is from Generalizations. I'm surprised no one has mentioned that Twitter is probably the best social media platform for interplanetary communication, where low bandwidth and delayed transmission are fundamental bottlenecks, and both limitations are considered part of the appeal. In that case, I wonder if the monetization will ultimately be based on latency and message size. Pay more for your message to be sent from Mars, the next transmission, and pay more to send a larger message. Locally, I wonder if Twitter will be tied to Starlink in some fashion. Think about this. Elon Musk apparently uh, launched some shell companies, and, and there might be a single parent company for SpaceX, Tesla, and Twitter. He might actually want to make sure Twitter works because it's the only social media platform that would work inter- from through, via uh, interplanetary communications. Facebook could theoretically work, but you'd be limited. 
This makes a really, really good point. The appeal of Twitter is character limited limitations, in which case it's optimized for sending messages back and forth. Can you send a software update to the Voyager craft to tweet? Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, look, if if this no, gets hooked but. up to SETI somehow or aliens end up seeing Twitter, we're in gigantic <laughs> trouble. Like, this could really spell we, disaster we, for the human you know, race. We, we sent out Voyager with that golden disc or whatever with, like, <laughs> basic math and pictures of humans. And then it's like it's floating out there. But what beats it is the transmission of uh, uh, at the speed Twitter. of light of Twitter. <laughs> and so then one day, right, right before the Voyager craft reaches the alien vessel, the wave of Twitter hits the ship and then they see everything. I've they, never they seen just, a thin person drink they, Diet Coke. They're like, what is this? <laughs> well, the They've good, the good news is all that stuff gets scrambled after a certain number of light years away. Uh, but the other one is imagine a ri- Mars rover that live tweeted. That's no, yeah, highly that's practical. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to receive transmissions and convert them to tweets. One of the things that uh, a friend of mine did was he had, you could... Uh, I forgot that you, you could use dial-up internet to tweet, and they did this really interesting way where they converted the the, the text into Morse code. Mm-hmm. Morse code, in, you know, that was then traveled over the phone line mm-hmm. to uh, a voice to text, which converted the Morse code back into text and then tweeted it out. Right. Crazy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When when you had no means of like Morse code was the original Twitter. Come on, mm-hmm. it's Man, true. People, yeah, no, people try to limit their character count and. I gotta say though, Twitter really did disprove the aphorism that brevity is the soul of wit because it's all short and it's all the dumbest thing you've ever read. Let's talk Uh, about, let's just jump to this uh, story. Actually, let's, let's do this story right here. Check this out. Welcome to the future, my friends. From TimCast.com, Google to begin suggesting inclusive language corrections for writers using docs. I've already noticed stuff like this, all right? Google docs. I'm actually very happy about this because (laughs) the, the, let me real quick. The aim of the new assistive writing function will be able to help users avoid politically incorrect language. Quote, potentially discriminatory or inappropriate language will be flagged along with suggestions on how to make your writing more inclusive and appropriate for your audience. Incredible. There's a reason Um, I still use Notepad. Man. Well, I, I got to say, I'm actually happy about this because it will let me know that there are more offensive ways to say what I'm currently saying. Like if I didn't even realize a phrase was something people consider to be upsetting, Google will now alert me to that, which I appreciate that so I can use oh, it yeah. more in the document. write it down. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, no, this is a no-no phrase. There we go. I'll save this one for next time. This is the future though. This is, I mean, Elon Musk is what? One inch of pushback against a tidal wave of just insanity. Well, this is where Ian talking about federated systems being the future is it like I can't imagine like, you know, we talk about getting physical copies of media because anything that's on cloud services gets censored to death or, or just wiped from their servers. Like, you know, think of the movies and how much they've been censored from like 30 years ago. You know, I have a Synology drive at home where I just keep any movie I want to keep that's, you know, been censored. Well, here's here's what I find fascinating in the culture war. Uh, We don't we don't do blackface like people do it ironically as a joke. But Mm -hmm. there's like no one is legitimately just like doing blackface. It's stupid. Right. Not funny. However, it used to be culturally relevant. And so we decided as a society, hey, this thing we don't do anymore. It's stupid. Yeah, people don't like it. We're going to avoid it. Now, as for the comedians who mock the idea, I, we don't do that anymore either because people get canceled. But that's the interesting point. We're at a point now where it seems like something happened. I think it was social media 
where you used to have the left pulling all of society slightly leftward as the right just was being dragged behind. Mm -hmm. Everything drifted to the left. Mm -hmm. Something happened where that chain between the left and the right snapped and the left just immediately lunged 100 feet forward and the right stopped moving and Mm -hmm. just went, wait, what? Now we're seeing the left go absolutely insane and they're determining that things that are still culturally irrelevant are no longer culturally acceptable. You end up seeing things like Ethan Klein. He got canceled twice now. Do you guys see this? Again? Yeah, because he mocked. So Ethan Klein of H3 got, uh, he lost his sponsors because he said something about uh, gay people that he wasn't mm-hmm. actually disparaging them. He just said an incorrect thing. Oh, oh. whoa. Well, you can't actually, you can't say that. So he loses his sponsors. He apologized for this. And then like a week or a week and a half later, he then tweets, a mock apology, mocking his first apology. So now he's getting flack all over again. That goes well. The, the point is, he he didn't even make a joke about somebody. He made a statement that he thought was relevant, and it turns out the left had already moved and left him behind. Nothing is keeping them from just going off and going crazy further and further off into the progressive distance. Well, that's so, what Zuby says. He's like, I'm just a normal guy from 2012. Well, Why it, am I right wing? Exactly. So what's <laughs> happened is, yes, things over time become less culturally acceptable. Some new things become culturally acceptable. Sometimes we go back a little bit. Sometimes we go forward. But at this point, it's like the left is changing culture 10 times as fast as culture normally changed. It, and and we're standing back being like, yo, I don't, you guys are nuts. You've gone too far. Probably you can change things. culture into thinking men are women and women are men. Sorry. I mean, at that point, you know. I, I'm just going to say it. The magic fish is out of wishes. To my theory, things change most quickly when they're falling apart. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe the culture is in free fall. So the speed at which we're moving feels like we're driving fast when actually it's just, just free fall falling speeds. apart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're falling apart, but then on the flip side, they're using all sorts of conservative lingo, like triggered and was it like Patriot takes. They're using the word Patriot <laughs> to claim that they're the Patriots. No, well, no, Patriot takes is mocking Patriots. I know, but they're, are they? Yes. <laughs> like Patriot takes means like a tweet from a Patriot. They're mocking you. To be fair, well, but I think what you are correct about is that establishment Democrat types have sort of co-opted the language of patriotism over the past couple of years. Right. I mean, they talk about insurrection and and like, you know, that kind of patriotism and like protecting our Constitution. And that's why we need to go after J6. It's like, well, the the purpose of calling it an insurrection was to try to disqualify people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Trump. Right. Because the 14th Amendment specifically says if they waged insurrection against the United States. So they needed the narrative first Mm -hmm. so that people would believe it. Then they could file the lawsuits and try and get it. The problem is they move too fast. You -hmm. you need a generation to instill an idea that a thing happened. You can't do it in a year. And so the judge in this case, he looks quite – the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing where they're trying to disqualify her, the judge looks absolutely – you know, it's funny – if you get your news from the left, man, these people really warp reality. They're like, oh, yeah. man, the judge is face palming. Oh, it's going so bad for Marjorie. The whole time I'm, I'm watching this trial, the judge mm. keeps telling the the, uh, the lawyer against Marjorie. He keeps saying things like, what are you doing? Where are you going with this? What, what? And, and, and Marjorie's lawyer is objecting to everything. And the judge just keeps saying, what are you doing? Like, you're gonna, what is this about? Because he's asking irrelevant things. He's like, in 2019, did you tweet this? And Marjorie's like, yeah. And he's like, aha. And, and, then, <laughs> and the lawyer's like, how is this relevant to whether or not on January 6th, in or around, she waged insurrection against the United States? And the judge is like, what's the point of that question? It's like, is this an HR I'm, meeting? I'm trying. I'm trying to establish. to, to es- It's just remarkably bad. Yeah. I mean, the Articles of Confederacy was a pretty 
solid case for the southern states doing an insurrection. I think that's what the 14th Amendment was after, not because somebody tweeted that they didn't believe this election was legitimate or, you know, whatever. Marjorie Taylor Greene said something like, today is our 1776. And I think she tweeted that in like 2019 or something. And they're like, why would you say that? And she's like, because it's like it's on the state seal like we say it all the time it's like a date that means like victory and well you saw they pointed out nancy pelosi said the same thing like about like the summer riots that this is our 1776 really yeah of 2020 that's why i just think it's 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 war and we're we're looking at right now for the most part a fifth a a fifth generational war so of course they're going to come out now and they're going to beg it's that it's that quote we say and i've never i can never remember the guy's name that, uh, you know, it's like when, when I am weak or when I am strong, you ask for free speech because it's according to your principles. When I am weak, I uh, – or, or, or it's like, you, you know, you right. guys quote, whatever. When you're in power, you deny my free speech because it's according to your power. When you are weak, you demand free speech because it or gives you power. When, when I am weak, I ask for free speech because it's according to your mm-hmm. principles. When I am strong, I deny you your free speech because it's according to mine. Also, right. did nope. you guys see the, the part of the uh, hearing where the lawyer asked her if when she said we will not go quietly into that night, whether she was quoting Independence Day? It's like, <laughs> what? So what? If and she's like, no, that's not what I was quoting because it's not originally from Independence Day either. It's an old <laughs> poem. Yeah. But he's like, well, that's from Independence Day, right? Which is about the 4th of July. Like it's about an alien invasion, dude. What? I mean, it is it is fascinating though that he was attacking Marjorie Taylor Greene under the pretext of the Fourth of July, seventeen seventy six, being bad for the United States. It's like that's our birthday. It's like, could you imagine someone being like, "Today is our birthday." What does that mean? Are you <laughs> exactly. creating something new to challenge us? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is. It's current state. Of I get man. the feeling that it was the 2008, the financial crisis, when Obama bailed out Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. It was basically when it sent everything into a death spiral in this country fiscally. And now people are like, there's no truth but power because money's useless now. Well, also, I want to say, if you think America should deny its heritage as being a nation which was built upon, uh, which was built upon resisting illegitimate power or a violation of your rights aren't you the revolutionary aren't you the insurrectionist because aren't you trying to fundamentally change what this country means and what it's built upon so the left was smart about it and seized the institutions first now they can claim to be the legitimate institution Mm -hmm. and you as someone who upholds the constitution are the revolutionary trying to overthrow their institutions that's right you the person who celebrates the people who literally founded the country yep (laughs) want to emulate them in some way. You're the person trying to overthrow the sacred order of the I, nation. It's ridiculous. I think it's something the Tea Party really helped uh, enlighten Americans is about how much Obama really politicized the state apparatus in this country and turned it into, you know, a Democrat institution. Truly yeah. one of the darkest presidents we've ever had, Barack Obama. And uh, he's a guy who politicized institutions. We had federal agencies going after right-wing groups. You had the uh, extrajudicial assassination of American citizens. You had the indefinite detention provisions of the NDAA. The lies on top of lies, all with a big smiling face. But George Bush Jr. was probably worse. And with the Cheney, I should call it the Cheney administration. That was pretty nasty. At least there was an opposition to George W. Bush. I mean, Obama is still out there demanding that any of his critics be silenced. And that's scary. Yeah, the the American population's response to the Obama presidency was the most disgusting letdown of my life. Mm. Yeah, that's that's why I say, you know, he's one of the darkest. 
uh, one of the darkest presidencies of uh, you know, one of the most disastrous is because under this veil of uh, uh, like hope and change, we got not only the same thing, but many things that were actually worse. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, George W. Bush was okay, I, I, pro- much darker. You know, yeah, the invasions man. was probably mm-hmm. some of the darkest days that we've seen. And uh, the horrifying things that came out of all that, absolutely. Nation building, you know, for 20 years. Barack Obama was really, really bad following up, but people abandoned the fight afterwards. And that's that, that you know, that hit me hard. I talk about it all the time. They yeah, put their I, faith in the leader, which is the biggest problem. Well, right. Faith in yourself. I think both administrations were a disaster for the American people. I do dislike Obama and the Obama administration more. I'll say that. However, you made a point about Obama talking about how people who disagree with him should be censored. One thing H.W. had the decency to do after leaving the Oval Office was to go away. He went away and he said, I'm going to go paint my pictures and spend my life doing that. And we don't hear from him all that often, except for when the left, for whatever bizarre reason, wants to uh, march him out and go, remember when we had good Republican leadership, unlike these evil MAGA conservatives we have now, even though they hated him and he started new wars and was overall a terrible president. But then there's the scene where like Obama was in a party with Biden and he looked like he's still the president and Biden is not even vice president. He's like the mascot or something like he's just walking around lost while Obama's shaking everybody's hand. And well, that that come on, man. That that clip is he was looking for someone. So everyone shares. I really can't stand this. You don't need to try to make Biden look nuts. Right. So there's a clip of Joe Biden walking away from like Obama talking to people. And he's looking around all confused because he was supposed to introduce someone to the group and he couldn't mm-hmm. find him. And it was like 10 seconds of him being like, where's where'd this guy go? People mm-hmm. grab it and they're like, oh, it's so sad. Look, Joe Biden's lost. And I'm like, dude, come on. You just show him saying Trinidad is out of pressure. You don't need to take a clip of him looking for someone, being confused as to where the person went, act like he's he's befuddled. I hear you right, on that, right, but yeah. on the other hand, given his behavior in the past, doesn't it make sense that upon seeing that clip, a person would assume this is cognitive well, and not him looking The problem for is when people on the right pounce. And they don't do their research. Right. Agreed. Similar about when he, when he turned, he looked like he was shaking hands with a ghost. They were like, come on, he could have just been waving. No, like, you no, don't that, know that he was actually No, he made a deal with the devil hand. and he was... <laughs> that, that, I, I didn't want to jump I, on that, that one. That's either. the media that trying to justify his his weird behaviors. It's tough to tell. I, I you tell. don't you don't finish a speech and then turn to your right and hold your hand <laughs> Yeah, but no he might have been like, wait, you know, he does that thing where he puts his hands up like halfway. That makes no sense. Did you imagine if you did that at the end of a TimCast episode? Just, just like, like turn and like shook no one's hand. <laughs> and people help, be like, what did out? Tim Pool just do? Can we allow people who are experiencing that kind of decline have the power of a podcaster? It's, and yet the this, president of the, the United States thing. has it. The media will rush to the defense of Joe Biden when he does something ridiculous or stupid. And many on the right will rush to say Joe Biden did something ridiculous or stupid with regardless of the context. Typically, though, you don't need to try very hard. That's why I'm like, dude, like Trump, don't make me, you don't need to make me defend the guy. You can point out things you really want to critique him on and win arguments that way. Right. Joe Biden, nine out of 10 times, does something psychotic, insane, deluded, or deranged. One out of 10 times, it's out of context. And it's like, chill on that. We don't, I, you don't, we don't I, need it. I'm honestly not even saying that. I'm just saying that clip showed how like Obama just seems much more in charge of what's happening in the Oval Office than Joe Biden. Tim, what what was the fake word he said? And it, it was the one word that describes America. 
It was just muttered gibber. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So oh, we have to decode that one. Like, mean or one word describes America. <laughs> you said it well. Snivel. Man. It was because he was trying to then change the subject, I guess, uh, to I was hiking the Himalayas with <laughs> or something. I was hiking the foothills of the Himalayas. That's right. Let's talk about what's going on in uh, over in Europe because of our poor leadership. Companies are overwhelmed with inquiries for nuclear bunkers in Switzerland and reporting shortage of materials following Ukraine invasion. Since the 1960s, every Swiss municipality had to build nuclear bunkers for residents. Residents are now contacting specialist companies to build or renovate shelters. The bunkers are being viewed in a new light since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. What Switzerland needs is 200-gallon propane tanks for the impending Russian oil embargo. Under uh, (laughs) Donald Trump, no new wars. Now, um, under Joe Biden, bunkers. Nuclear bunkers. Nuclear bunkers. Congratulations, I guess. You voted we went from it. if it saves one life to how bad can World War Three be? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's exactly. Amazing, I mean, it? if it's for a good cause, well, let's if do it. If it saves one life, we'll vote for Joe Biden, one of the most corrupt individuals to ever serve government. And then He's, Anthony Blinken and, and the, the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, are like posing with Zelensky. Who's the defense secretary? What's her name? Lloyd it, Austin. Lloyd Austin's a guy? Yeah. Like, how much more direct involvement in Ukraine are we going to get? Oh, it seems like we're going yeah. in. I, 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 don't, I don't know for sure, but, you know, I, I, I think it's going to... Look, Vladimir Putin, Russia, they already believe they're at war with NATO. There's no... It, it, it is, in my opinion, ignorant, propagandized Americans who don't understand this point. Do you think that Vladimir Putin is sitting there saying, I sent my troops into Ukraine and they're fighting NATO tanks and fighter jets? That, that's just Ukraine. Or do you think he's like, I'm at war with NATO? Hmm. He's at war with NATO. All of the weapons, even the people. Do you, do you think Vladimir Putin is sitting there watching American veterans fighting in Ukraine and he goes, well, those are just volunteers? Or is he saying America, NATO countries are sending people. They're coming in. They're being armed by NATO. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll put it this way. When we found out that non-government Russian citizens purchased $46,000 worth of Facebook ads related to the 2016 presidential 4, election. 4600 oh, I'm sorry, 4600 Take out a zero. Wow. So even better. Zeros, Helps Seamus. me make my point even better. When that occurred and we learned that, there were respectable figures in American politics saying that that was an act of war by Russia against the United States of America. Well, the only answer is World War Three. Oh. Obviously. Yeah. Let's uh, just just blow it all up. It's so, funny that uh, like the people who always tell us to go to war are telling us to go to war now. I mean, there must be a good reason. <laughs> I mean, you'll you'll notice something. None of this is going to the U.N. Uh, all these like accusations of war crimes and uh, all of these other accusations, whatever, none of it's going to the UN because they know. I mean, they already know. They tried to get a condemnation of Russia, and the rest of the world is like, no, we know what you're up to. Like sticking a bunch of troops and artillery on the border of a country, of a sovereign country. Well, that's, you know, shocked when they invade to, to destroy the border defenses. Yeah. I mean, that's what uh, Putin said when he invaded is he's like, look, you're creating an untenable security situation on my border. And technically by international law, I believe that justifies going in. You can't have terrorists on somebody's border and, and expect them to take it. No, I mean, Israel and Saudi Arabia do it. And that makes for a very awkward situation. 
I, th- I think the main reason that the uh, Democratic establishment has been screaming Russia for so long is they know that Putin is like one of the one guy in, in Europe that won't fall in line. That they've got hmm. everybody bending the knee to the, the new plans for their economic bloc, except for Russia. Yeah, well, and when you can try to, when you can successfully convince a large portion of the American population that the presidency is under the control of the Russian government, any time the president doesn't try to step up uh, aggressive acts with Russia, they can claim that it's just evidence that he's bought and sold by them. So, And remember, when we opposed the Iraq war, we were called terrorist sympathizers. Yep. And wait for the midterms to come in. Anybody who opposes our actions in Ukraine is going to be called a Putin sympathizer. Exactly. But, so I'm ready. You know, it's not my first rodeo. And, and back then they said... You don't care about freedom. We need to fight for freedom. And now they go, we need to protect our democracy. It's just more meaningless buzz phrases. We, we protect it by securing our borders, bringing manufacturing back, focusing on our infrastructure. Our roads are crumbling. Our bridges are com- crumbling. We need clean water in places, uh, in, in small cities all over this place. We got bad pipes. Instead, it's just like, uh, can we send a billion dollars to Ukraine again? Yeah, that's what our labor is good for, I guess, to go. So that's that's the other thing too. It's like if our money is funding this, do the people behind it really matter? If we're if they're piloting drones, even like mm-hmm. at what point it doesn't matter who the person is behind it. It matters who's funding it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's and a lot of which case, uh, nuclear nuclear bunkers. World War Three. Everybody. That's the ballet. Is what can the U.S. fund in legally in Ukraine? And that's why it's like we can't get directly involved, but we can do lend lease and we can send. You know, military experts and advisors, and this is this is what's ridiculous. If if I'm watching a dude throw rocks at me, all right, am I going to be like, well, technically, or or I'll put it this way: if Ian is throwing rocks at me <laughs> and Seamus is handing him the rocks, am I going to well, be like, Seamus is not involved in this? Hold on a second. No, I didn't tell him to do that with the rocks. But you didn't tell I me was, not to. No, I, I was just <laughs> passing rocks to Ian. Ian goes, Seamus, give me rocks, and you're like, you got it, buddy. And then I'm like, I'm only at war with Ian. No, Seamus is doing nothing wrong. The Nazis declared war on the United States because they were giving weapons to the British as they were. The Germans were already at war with the British. And then when they're like, "Okay, enough's enough. Can you please stop? First, they tried to I think they started sinking stuff with U-boats. So that's kind of how they announced their uh, war. But, yeah, if you lend lease to someone's enemy, they're going to look at you as an enemy. For sure. Right. I just don't think Putin is looking at global domination or has no, he's not. any intention he outside just of Eastern wants, Ukraine. He just wants well, – he doesn't want Ukraine to become a NATO country because it means he's got artillery on his front doorstep. I mean, you saw that well, explosion. Doorstep, yeah, he's I think – got two it, NATO countries on his doorstep. Yeah, I know. He's got enough problems already, but, you know, he doesn't need one more. Um, you know, there was that explosion that happened that was, like, closer to Moscow than Kiev. Yeah. I'm but what familiar. was that about? There was some explosion at uh, uh, the fuel depot or something. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, he's got Latvia and Estonia. They're NATO countries already on his border. And, you know, one other thing, notice they had the worst COVID lockdowns in the world. Like you could not get a job if you were not vaccinated. Who in Russia? No, the Baltic states, uh, hmm. Lithuania and stuff. And like people had to basically develop a black market. And this is what I keep saying. It's geopolitics that's fueling the, um, the lockdowns. It's like based on how much the, the EU, US powers want people to bend the knee. Uh, to them is is how deep the lockdowns are going. I think it has, has a lot to do to, uh, to do with oil. Is my camera broken? Yeah, apparently. My camera's that's weird that because it weird. works over here. I can hmm. see you. 
Well, this one works. Hey, look, we have a map of uh, uh, of Europe while There's I talk. A map of Estonia. Oh, right. OBS is given us is on the fritz. Axis and allies. Here we go. I love that game. <laughs> but I think, I think you know we talked about it before. Oil has a lot to do with it. Um, Ukraine is a is a is a, is a, a transport for oil. It's it's not the camera because the camera is it's clearly working right now. It's just mm-hmm. OBS scenes crapped out on us for some reason. We'll have to make like. Im- emergency backup scenes. We just don't have uh, emergency backups for the right one. I wonder why that happens. Huh. Mm-hmm. These things are uh, uh, all a part of These growing up. These things happen. Yeah, but uh, anyway, the question is, will Vladimir Putin use nukes and do we need nuclear bunkers? He's not going to use nukes because once he uses nukes, he knows he's lost the war. I mean, why he becomes he a he, he becomes a pariah state. Yeah, it would be, he, Russia would be t- taken apart by the global community if he fired nukes. That's not. It's purely a scare tactic. I disagree. I think he could uh, use a hundred kiloton bomb on Kiev, and no one would do anything about it. And they're already they're already they've already been economically isolated. People so. have already said he actually has no interest in Kiev. Bryansk was where the explosion happened. Hmm. Bryansk. How do you spell that one? B r y a n s k. Bryansk. Oh yeah, look at that. So what is that about? No idea. There are also a string of uh, food plants exploding. Do you yeah, guys see that? Also very yeah, I heard about that. Very bizarre. And plane crashes at food plants. Mm. So I, uh, you know, the people talk about supply chain disruptions. What we're really in is a trade war. And this is the one, like, really digging critique you can make of Trump as he thought he could just renegotiate trade deals and not disrupt the geopolitical order because trade deals are diplomatic deals. And he saw it himself, right? All of a sudden, China's broke and they can't pay for something. So he had to give them some deal in order for them to have the money to pay off something else. And now like their their economy's crumbling. You know, you had the default and everything. So what we're really seeing is the entire geopolitical order is starting to crumble and it needs to reset. Not the great reset, (laughs) but it needs to reset. And and it's something I called out earlier today. I think if if we prevail, you're going to have a lot of billionaires bankrupt or in prison by 2030. Hmm. When you mean we prevail, what is that exactly? The new media people, the Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk is like the future. And I don't mean that as a suck up. I mean, like he realizes what are the new technologies? What are the new trends? where we can really go into the next generation into 2050. Like he believes global warming is real, but he has like concrete engineering ways to actually get past it. He believes in nuclear, whatever. Whereas you have this old guard, which is like the WEF people who honestly believe like genocide is how you stop global warming. Like it's like, uh, you ever saw a movie Moonraker with with the the James Bond movie Moonraker? Yeah. It's like humanity's poisoning the planet. I have to kill them all and repopulate the planet. I mean, it's yeah, pretty it's much like <laughs> Kingsmen as well. Here, yeah. do you want to you want to switch it to my camera real quick? I can try and see if yeah. Uh, what the heck is this? The uh, the scene was removed. That's what happened. So oh. it accidentally got deleted. Wow. So uh, we've been using it successfully go. all. Yeah, so years. it's it's not there. We can't re-edit while we're currently live. Regarding climate change, you can pull the carbon dioxide out of the air right. and deposit it onto like carbon palladium. Not out of the air, out of the water, and this is fascinating. If you make water acidic, it will bubble up the carbon dioxide. And water, as we know from soda water, is a great dissolver of carbon dioxide. So what you do, and they're starting to do this, uh, explore with, with naval ships so they can produce their own fuel, is they pump in seawater, 
They separate it into acid. They make part acidic, part alkaline seawater. The acidic seawater bubbles up the carbon dioxide, and then they can synthesize that carbon dioxide back into fuel. It's called synfuel. And the kicker is it costs about $3 a gallon to manufacture it. You've got a carbon negative way of manufacturing gasoline. You could solve the whole world fuel problem and global warming at the same time. What will happen is we'll start competing with the trees. We'll be pulling so much carbon out of the water and the air that we'll have to Right, exactly. So we'll have to calibrate to keep it at 350. Is this a theoretical technology or this exists? This exists and there's papers in it. I was reading about it. It's 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 only a matter of scaling it to be cheap enough. You know, they said you can do this on a naval aircraft carrier for about $3 a gallon. If you did it on the shore, you could probably get it cheaper because you don't have to make everything, you know, portable or whatever. But the idea is just in the naval situation, then you don't have to constantly go fuel up at port. You could be out your aircraft carrier indefinitely like a nuclear submarine or something. Hmm. There's also a technology called a... Uh, microfragmentation that you can do with coral, where you take coral, you shatter it into a bunch of different pieces, and you set them all near each no, other. No, no, I fixed it. And then they all start to grow together to regrow coral reefs or to build right. new ones on other planets. Right. The technology with iron fertilization to regrow the plankton in the oceans, we're there to heal the earth. We're pulling the plastic out. We can Absolutely. reconvert that. Absolutely. There's so much tech out there, and that's what bugs me is like all of this global warming stuff that our government is talking about, it's all just pork. None of it is actually it's, – it's like a Chernobyl on a global warming level. You know what I mean? Like it's just going to be another ecological disaster if our government does what they want to do. It's interesting. It's like the government's job is just to stop corporations from going crazy, not to act like a corporation. Well, well. now that I fixed the camera – it's working again. Let's nice. go to Super Chats. So uh, oh, for those that are wondering, what happened is we have uh, – we use uh, we use OBS. And for some reason, the main video feed just stopped working. So actually – So strange. Yeah. So I might need to remove one of them. But mm. I don't know which one is the one to remove now. Let's do that later. Well, I don't want the audio. I've been crazy. tweeting the sin fuel thing at Elon Musk. I hope he catches up on that. Yeah, let's talk more about it. Sin, S-Y-N, fuel. Yeah. Yeah, there's another one called Blue Crude, which is pretty promising. I think they get that from the air. I could be wrong about that. All right. We're going to go to Super Chats. Anyway. I think it should be working now. <laughs> and uh, that was very strange. How, but these bugs happen when you're using open source software. Perhaps with your support as members over at TimCast.com, we'll be able to afford better broadcasting software. <laughs> and uh, Not with me on the payroll, you know. I, not uh, with him. So actually, I will say, we have the new studio being built. The foundations has the foundations done. The uh, They're going to be erecting a steel building. It's got uh, 25-foot ceiling uh, walls, 31 feet in the middle. We're going to be building this really incredible studio. It's going to have all these fun activities. The plan right now is we are going to hybridize our our workspace in the studio will be fully skatable. So we're going to have a bar where you can have drinks, fully made of skate materials, grinding, whatever. It's going to be the most hilarious looking work environment ever. Cubicles, grind all of them. It's going to be amazing. fantastic. It's going to be really great. I'm having trouble visualizing this. But. Yeah, we're going to have a, uh, a stage and you're going to be able to lift up the platform and it's a foam pit. For doing flips and stuff, dude, so, that's awesome. Yeah, we're gonna wow. we're gonna have this really cool space where there's gonna be music and events, and we have a bar. People are gonna be working and editing. We're gonna be setting up music studios, container uh, buildings. We had a bunch of really crazy ideas. It's currently underway. 
and um, with the new studio means we're going to be upgrading our equipment. So I'll put it that way. Uh, OBS should not have bugged out that like that, so but weird. sometimes these things happen, and uh, it is what it is. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member, and I'll tell you why. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up around 11 or so p.m. We do that Monday through Thursday as a member. You get access to these segments, but you'll also get something else. We just hired another amazing journalist. We're going to be hiring two more columnists. We're going to be producing a whole bunch of content. The more people who sign up to become members, the more we can afford in terms of expanding the website. We do need to get on our uh, social posting game more so with the articles, the news articles we do, because we've kind of slacked on that. But the other thing we'll do is uh, I believe I have a billboard going up tomorrow at 9 a.m. in Times Square with the help of the Daily Wire. It may be um, it may be rejected. So we'll see. Because there's there's rules about how you can do billboard buys. It can't be an advertisement if you're using other people's like likenesses or something like that. But it basically just calls it the Washington Post for lying. And it's very simple. It says, hey, Taylor Lorenz did this. That's it. We're pushing back on their tr- attempted gaslighting. And we're going to do a lot more stuff like that. So when you super chat or when you become a member, rest assured, we are going to be fighting the fight. Now, some people have asked with the Robbie Starbuck thing. Why don't we get substantially more involved? There are there are rules and laws around politics. I don't know how to how to engage with that. But the GOP booting Robbie Starbuck off the ballot, I think, is the most corrupt and dirty thing we've seen in a long time. There's been a lot of corruption in politics. That is as dirty as it comes. As to how we can do anything about it, you got to run into weird election laws and things like that. So that's where it's more legally challenging. Everything mm. is legally challenging. Mm. A lot Spin of people- off a political five hundred one c four. And there's still like rules and stuff as to how it's managed. Absolutely. So. Get a good accountant. Yeah. All right, everybody. Let's go to Super Chats. All right. H-Bomb says, hey, Ron, your Santa Monica boxing wants a shout out from you and my Korean brother. That's uh, Harold Gim. He, he, I spar with him sometimes. Great guy. Oh, cool. All right. He moved. He's one of those Californians who moved to Texas. America Floats Uh-oh. says Twitter might get based again, which would bring about dark MAGA Twitter. I want to see it. <laughs> so I saw some people saying, no, light MAGA. Trump is the is bringing the light to save people, and he's going to illuminate or something like that. This dark MAGA has got its own problems. You know, I mean, it's the like the issue of Marjorie Taylor Greene. I, I support what she does. I hate what they're doing to her. Her politics aren't going to work in California. You know, I mean, she's great for Georgia. She's great for the people she represents. Not going to work in California. And that's a big thing we try to work on is the California Republicans are. We have our own messaging. We have our own issues. All right. Bronson Martin says, if Elon won't sit down with Timcast IRL, would he consider an interview with Roberto Jr. on Chicken City? Also acceptable. If Elon just walked into the chicken coop and started explaining all of his ideas to the chickens, <laughs> I would absolutely accept that. It would probably make more money. Yeah. Yeah. It would almost certainly get more super chats. I mean, there'd be a chicken party like every two seconds. Elon Musk wouldn't be able to get a word in. Well, the chicken party only triggers once every five minutes. Oh, so even if you continually donate the maximum amount. Yeah. So this actually happened. That's, so that's two what people happened to my money. gave a hundred bucks. But the way the algorithm works is that if the threshold is hit, it will, it will wait. Uh, it, it, it's on a five minute cycle. Then checks, has the threshold been hit? Mm. So if it hits twice, it's just one hit. It's kind of like ordering songs on the jukebox. You just got to get queued up. Right, right. All right. Joe Byrne says, this is for the billboard. Give him hell, you guys. P.S. Is there any chance of adding showgirls to Chicken City? 
You mean like the hens? Show chicken chickens. Chicken, chicken City has a bunch clothes. of yeah. young hens. chicks naked. <laughs> That's right. Because chickens don't wear clothes. But uh, uh, Joe you Burns. You guys need to grow up. I know, 50 bucks towards the billboard. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens. I will be really excited to see the billboard going up. I'm not in New York, but someone will be there, I suppose, to film it. And I'm sure people will be tweeting about it. So if you live in New York, look out for it. I don't know where it will be. Uh, shout out to Jeremy Boring and the Daily Wire guys for helping organize all of this. But uh, I, when I tweeted, I was like, should I buy a billboard in Times Square saying Taylor Lorenz docks libs of TikTok? I, 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 you know, if they owned it, I wouldn't care that much. I'd be like, yeah, of course they did it. It's the gaslighting that, that really bothers me. And it, and it yeah. deserves a proper rebuttal. So Jeremy Boring responded, I'm in for half. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's do it. That's, That's great. You're going to yep. make that, that poor, sad, dark place a little bit brighter. Mm-hmm. I suppose. But it, we, we, we have to say something. We have to do things to be like, dude, stop lying to people. Yeah. It's just, they're just lying to people. Absolutely. I wonder if they're going to have Snopes fact check your billboard. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right. Dude, they really? So well, you have to stop terrorizing people. I mean, look, this was an act of terrorism. I, I know we overuse that word, but the, the point was to terrorize the libs of TikTok from operating. Right. They're going to call this an act of terrorism, though. I'm like, sure somebody will. Oh, of course. Right. They got mad when, when Tucker Carlson talked about her. Look, I got nothing to say other than Taylor Lorenz doxed libs of TikTok. And let's not forget who employs her, which is, you know, Washington Post and Jeff Bezos. I mean, you, you know, Taylor Lorenz is a relatively young woman. And if you attack her directly, she'll claim, oh, they're, they're attacking well, I'm me. I'm not saying anything. But, you know, she's she... got a chain of. No. Yeah, that's the. She's, she's time. Not. She's an ageless vampire. Oh, she lied no, You don't know. No, you no, go. No, you, no one ever. It's a meme to insult her because apparently they think calling a woman old is, is offensive. She, no, she's literally, I checked her age on Google two different times, and Google gave me two different answers. Yeah, she, it's just really it creepy. She was born between 1984 and 1987. There's one yes. of my tweets and that shows— How can shows, I believe any of that? Okay. It's one, one of my tweets that shows she was born 1978 in one tweet and, and born in 1984 on another tweet. That's because people are screwing with her because they're trying to insult her. I am not playing that game. I am pissed off about ideological issues and about liars in the media. I think it's stupid for people to be tweeting that she's old because she's not. Yeah, but if, if she's wanted, lying about her age. She's no. not. She's not. This is what I can't stand right now about so many people. They're tweeting stupid, insulting memes that do nothing but discredit the fact that this person docks somebody. I'm mm. not going to sit here and have an argument about someone's age to try and insult it's somebody. About her credibility. The issue is they're lying. It's about her about, credibility. Tim, I, she didn't say this. I agree with you. And I'm trying to cut through the fact that now the conversation has turned into, did she lie about being old? No, No. it's immaterial. What happened was she doxxed someone, published their private home address, lied about it on CNN, and the Washington Post defended her. And stupid people are turning the argument as, let's make fun of her. They're turning the statement and the argument into making fun of someone about their age, which does nothing to convince regular people that the media has been pissing on us and telling us it's raining. You want to go have some stupid party where a bunch of frat guys bump their chest and make up lies about people? Go do it. I'm sick of the lies, be it someone saying she's 49 when she's not or or her lying to the public about what's going on in the media. Let's just call out the liars. I don't care where they're coming from. No, she but told my, me she was 43 my, my whole point is she's got employers that want her to do this, that pay her to do this, that defend her when she does that. That means there is a chain of culpability going all the way up to Washington Post owner, which is Jeff Bezos. That's yes. my problem. And she lied, and I would like to call her out. 
And what I would like to not do is give people fuel in this stupid argument about all they do is harass and make up lies. Mm -hmm. I don't care about her age. Her age doesn't matter. She could be 10 years old. She could be 30 years old. If she's in the Washington Post and lying and they get a child to do it, I will say the child is lying. Right. She is an adult journalist who has posted. She has publicly lied on CNN. So we're getting a billboard to say she did this thing. That's it. All right. Let's read some more Super Chats. Eric Miller says, Tim, you talked about doing this before, but why don't you hire some protesters to protest the removing of Robbie Starbuck <laughs> from the ballot in downtown Nashville? Uh, as much as that really pisses me off as well, there are legal issues with that. Mm -hmm. uh, I suppose as a person, I could just do it. But there are issues with hiring people. If you have messaging. a problem with happened to Robbie Starbuck and in your, you're in Tennessee, go join the local Republican group, start your own pack, collect your own money and do it. There are plenty of ways to do it. All right. Adrian Contreras says you're wrong about normal folks needing heroes, Tim. Elon, the Daily Wire or you guys have the means to fight the fight at this point. Every great army needs generals kind of deal. I agree. And so uh, we will uh, get a billboard. I'm not entirely convinced it's it's gonna it's 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 the most powerful thing. Uh, what I think ultimately will happen is it will uh, it will generate what's called earned press, meaning it's going to force many of these people. I think I think journalists will take the bait. They're going to be like, look what they're doing. They're going to talk about it. But more importantly, a regular person who sees that might be like, I wonder what that's all about. And that's all that really matters. Maybe they don't know too much. Maybe it's esoteric. And then maybe one day they they hear someone say something. They'll say, oh, yeah, I saw that thing in Times Square. It said that they doxed this person. There you go. That's all Is that there a link on the ad to go to nope. Tim? No? Well, and also I think it's really important for people to understand this. When they tell lies, oftentimes they don't even try to come up with an explanation for why their lie is true. They're not interested in convincing you. They just want to repeat it over and over again so that other people start thinking it's true right. and saying it. And so similarly, when we counter them with the truth, sometimes that's our best strategy. Explain it if they ask you, but you just have to let people know that you are bold enough to tell the truth so they feel comfortable repeating it as well. One thing that really frustrates me is when, you know, I'm talking to someone. Well, it's one thing when I'm talking to someone and they will make things up outright. Like, okay, yeah. we're, we're done. It's really annoying, though, when I'm talking to like a leftist or something and then they rebut with something stupid that has trended among libertarians or right wing personalities or post liberals. That's not true. And right. I just wonder, like, why do they fall for this stuff? Stop playing these games. Stick to the facts. You know what I really can't stand? On, on YouTube, this, this genre of smack-talking people for dumb things. So it's like, mm -hmm. this political host talked about this issue, and he's fat and ugly. <laughs> I mean, people do it to Jen Uger all the time. And mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that's really convinced my, my, my boomer family members mm -hmm. to vote for Trump. Right. How about I just talk about how Trump had no new wars, had historic peace agreements in Europe and in the Middle East, and we had a booming economy, and I can leave the weird insulting of people out of this. That's easy to do. Yep. It's that simple. Yep. It's lowbrow. And actually, I'd be willing to bet that political operatives who are al aligned with the establishment, be it Republican or Democrat, know one of the most powerful ways to discredit a movement is to get them involved in drama. You get right. someone to start arguing about someone's age or looks or appearance, and they're no longer arguing about issues that actually matter yeah, to regular people. I'm adults. not arguing yeah. about her age. I'm telling people that she lied about her age on Twitter. She when? tells people... I'm. I'll give you the 
April 12th. Can we get some Oprah lighting in the studio next time? I'm really showing my 43 years of age on screen. I think it's like an ongoing joke with her, but she's lying to people about her age, whether it's a joke or not. Yeah, I mean, I sure. agree with Tim. That's not relevant. And, you know, the fact is she's getting paid to lie about people and terrorize people out of the public square. All right. Richie Taylor says, Tim, you're wrong. Elon can't be blocked all the way to the ISP level. Elon thought this through at the infrastructure level. Tesla and Starlink don't need AWS. That's a massive undertaking. I mean, Twitter is what's called the fire hose. And there is such a massive flow of stream of data coming through at any given moment. He's going to need some powerful infrastructure for that if he's going to be doing it on his own. So maybe he can. Maybe he can. That stuff's cheaper than you think. Yeah, but I just mean the Twitter fire hose is going to mm. be hefty. That's, that's, that's massive. There's videos and there's photos in there. Mm. Whacked Out One says, I have the right to protect my customers regardless of the point. Bouncer 101. Well, that's true. So a lot of people don't seem to understand uh, when I was talking about how a business can't kick certain people out. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't or anything like that. I'm saying quite literally what we see in the law is someone will file a lawsuit and claim they were kicked out for a certain reason or denied services for a certain reason, and they often win. Not always. Mm-hmm. We talk about lawfare on this show, right? I mean, a lot of this is just lawfare tactics by activists, right? I mean... The, the the two guys suing the, the baker, you know, for not baking the cake. They're, they were funded by some powerful people. You know, same thing with a homeless situation in L.A. is what I keep saying. The people who are ostensibly homeless in L.A., they, they're very well backed legally and financially by activist lawyers. And they go and make sure the city does everything by the book or the city gets sued for, like, violating their rights. And it's to make a point, right, which is that uh, if you don't pass our, you know, upzoning laws, government housing laws, whatever, you're going to keep seeing people camped out in all your favorite parks and boulevards. All right. Doughboy Johnson says, should any publicly traded company be sued for fiduciary reasons when they go woke and stock falls? Yes. Good luck yeah, winning. Absolutely. Anybody can sue anybody at any time for any reason. But if Twitter says we're going to deny money for climate, we're going to deny climate change ads, they should be sued. Granted, right now Twitter's sold, so it won't really matter. But if uh, Starbucks, they announce we're no longer, you know, when they announced the bathroom thing, like we're going to allow people to use the bathrooms, shareholders should have sued and been like, that's going to cost all of us money and you're doing it for no legitimate reason. Now they can argue our customers were outraged. And then you can argue back a small spattering of activists on Twitter do not a customer make. So Twitter, I think, would could potentially lose that one. But that goes back to this whole ESG thing where all these companies claim they need to follow like ESG guidelines in order to stay in business. And the fact is, if they don't, they don't get funding from the banks. And, you know, they so they get... should be sued. I don't, I don't, I don't see why we should say, oh, poor corporations. The banks are being mean. To I, them. I'm saying good luck winning it. It would be an interesting lawsuit for sure. Why do you think I'm, you couldn't win? I'm not a lawyer. I'm just that's my hunch. Yeah, I mean, like if a company like, like Twitter rejecting ads over climate change, I think is a clearly losing issue outright. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's immaterial now that Elon bought it, mm-hmm. but to be like we're not going to take money from potential customers because we don't like their ads 
is telling the shareholders, there's money. We could get it, but we personally have an issue. So. Okay, you can sue Facebook. Facebook doesn't do those kinds of ads either. Absolutely. Now, the question with pro-life, uh, uh, climate change they banned, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. The thing about uh, pro-life stuff is they have an argument about uh, offensive or shocking materials. Mm-hmm. And they can say, well, we would lose, people would get outraged if they saw offensive stuff in their feed. But there's still an argument of they could take this money and and provide it in a certain way to cert- only certain users that have, have opted in. Mm-hmm. They could, uh, you know, uh, anyway, to the point of climate change, climate change is not objectionable outside of politics. There's actually an interesting case study with um, tobacco companies, cigarette packs, where they wanted to show gruesome images of like lung cancer yeah. and stuff like that. And the courts ruled that the tobacco companies were not required to put that kind of shocking imagery on their own products. Well, that was the state trying to pass a law saying they had to do it. They right. wanted they wanted to force their companies to show really gruesome things. And so that's different. If if Facebook says for political reasons we have banned these set of ads, mm-hmm. there's no there, there's no threat to their bottom line. Mm-hmm. I don't right? know. I don't I don't necessarily agree with the argument that you could sue a company for for Denying advertisement. If you're because, a shareholder. But the reason is because it doesn't mean that the company's job is to take every piece of money they can get at every time. They have to right. be judicial about when and where they take their funds. Which is my point. When it comes to the pro-life issue, they'd be able to make some arguments on that one and maybe win. When it comes to climate change, mm-hmm. they would be denying money for their personal politics. That's it. Right. Because it's not even like you know, an issue of, you know, global warming is settled or whatever, but even just like, you can't even debate the right way to go about it. Like you and I are sitting here discussing interesting new technologies and, you know, mocking Germany for putting solar panels in a subarctic latitude, you know, is that not allowed? Right, on Because if there's two doctors and they each, each have an advertisement, but this one's a little bit better in your opinion, you choose that ad, but not this ad. I don't think they should sue the people for it. Just because you, you like the other ad better. Yeah. Share, face, companies have responsibility to their shareholders to make money. It makes sense if they say these ads would offend people and cost us users and hurt us mm-hmm. in the long run. Good luck suing on that grounds. If they say climate change, we won't, we won't allow any ads that defy consensus on climate change. They have no argument. They'll say our left wing users would get mad. And then it's like, okay, well, the current ads you do run make your right wing users mad. You have no argument. There's nothing objectionable in showing a picture of a tree and saying climate change, this, that, or otherwise. You've chosen a political stance on this and have kicked money back for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. You're costing your shareholders money. Shareholders should revolt. I think their argument is they're worried Barack Obama would get mad and start passing legislation against them. <laughs> All right. Matt Kelly says this money is for the billboard in Times Square. I love the idea. If there's any left over, use it to pay for the booze that Lauren Southern drank. Let me just say the billboard is already taken care of. And assuming it's approved, we'll have it. But um, any any if you become a member or any money you give, we will use for more things like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll we'll do more billboards. My jury's out on billboards for me. I feel like it's a, a you spend hundred grand to go turn on a digit. They have this digital billboard. They can just turn on your cartoon and then turn it off. Cost them nothing. You give them a hundred grand and then seven thousand people see it. No one clicks on anything. They don't seem like good uh, returns these days. It depends on what you're doing and how you do it. You need a multi-pronged approach. There's a rule of seven points of contact in advertising. Somebody has to see your ad like in seven different ways before they start recognizing your brand. So six more to go, Tim. Well, the issue is, are you good at marketing? Buying a billboard and saying, I bought a billboard, 
why isn't it working? Just means you're bad at, you're bad at marketing. Mm. Buying, so we have this really great idea for a Chicken City commercial that we're gonna, we're doing for Tucker Carlson. And the general idea is we want to make it be like, uh, uh, like, what is it like? What, what movie is that? I can't think of the name. So there's a rich guy who wants to plow Chicken City to build a parking lot. Oh my gosh. And so he gets the city inspector to, uh, he files complaints over the chicken, constant chicken parties. And the inspector comes in. He's like, I don't know, chickens, there's too many parties. And then, you know, the, the chickens have to team up. And then eventually the city inspector gives up and says, there's no point in fighting it. This is the future. And then the Foot old loose. man is like, all right. <laughs> well, it wasn't. I think it was like a, a, a electric boogaloo or whatever. There was one about, I feel like they've made more than one film like this. There was one about right. owls when I was a kid. It was called Hoot. And it was, <laughs> it was like a little owl habitat that they're going to bulldoze the mm. evil capitalist the, people. Like Goonies? <laughs> no, like no, a, no, no. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The, 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 the old trope of the, <laughs> the rich guy who wants to, uh, uh, you know, build uh, a one crazy summer. <laughs> I think it's Electric Boogle or whatever. Okay. What's that? What's that movie? I've never called? seen that. Yeah, never he wants to tear down the community center to put up a shopping center or something like that. It's uh, like, how many times are you going to see this story? Oh, no, that like, was the dance-off, wasn't it? Electric Boogaloo or something? Like it's like oh, evil yeah, it capitalist wants to take thing right. everyone loves and knows is good to make money. And then the, the – so we're going to do a 30-second movie That's trailer, and part of it is going to be like if people give $5, they can feed the chickens. And once we get 100, we'll have a chicken party, and then we'll raise enough money to save Chicken City. Dude, I can't wait for them to make a derivative film from that concept about Elon Musk buying Twitter, like the evil capitalist. Like he, <laughs> this, this sweet rare bird habitat. We should do, we should make that one too. People can't tweet mm. anymore. Yeah, dude, yeah there's let's, let's, so many stories that are just begging to be told, and all it takes is like the right production company to tell them. Like you know, you could take over like the James Bond franchise. Just James Bond to me, for example, is like an allegory to talk about current events, like the current political situation. And you have like your rhetorical devices, like the the, the spy and the Bond girl and the villain and all that. But behind it, they were always discussing like the politics of the day, like Cold War. Russia, you know, or the 80s Taliban or global warming and the environmental movement, That'd right? That'd be cool. A Bond movie about global warming would be cool, but it doesn't have to be Bond, just like a spy movie about global warming. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like Moonraker. It's like this guy thinks we're destroying the planet. And he oh, it's been says, done. Okay. Yeah. Is that what Jaws? Was that Moonraker? Yeah. <laughs> Jaws. Does your plan- and the space shuttle. They fly in a space shuttle to the space station with the the guy and they they sneak onto the freaking space station with the space shuttle <laughs> it's been done uh i was a big fan of goldeneye did you ever watch that one i look it's I been so long played goldeneye yeah. on n64 never yeah i never saw yeah. any of the films from that era well, oh yeah should. someone someone uh just tweeted uh mentioned uh this is uh joel boy malice just tweeted that he's meeting elon and, uh, yeah, Michael, Ooh, wow. Michael Malice did tweet. He says, I've accepted a meeting with Elon Musk about the future of Twitter, free speech, and social media in general. Wow. Hey, Michael so Malice, I, unblock me, you jerk. Oh, snap. So I tweeted at Michael. <laughs> Michael, have Elon come on the show with you. Yes. And then I'll ask Jack Dorsey as well. And we'll just, you know, just kind of talk about stuff. Do like a long episode. That would be oh so much fun. Oh, my God. Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk in the same room, man. Mm-hmm. That sparks flying right there. Yep. All right. Final six warning says Tim just nailed it. The culture wars are the ruling class's wet dream, keeping us all distracted with infighting while they have their way with all of us. Left versus right is the minor leagues. It is the minor leagues. And so uh, there's that famous quote that's basically like, do you guys remember it? It's, you know, stupid people talk about people and... 
Oh, yeah, it's oh, Eleanor Roosevelt quote. Yeah. Yeah. Simple minds talk about people. people mediocre, mediocre minds, minds talk, talk about, about events. Things. Yeah. Great minds talk about ideas. Right. That's it. So uh, we do a little bit of all of that because you have to because people have effects and their ideas. But I think the most important thing is, you know, we are mediocre minds here talking about events all day. Also, but that, on top of that, we talk about the ideas behind them. I can't take credit for this observation, but it should be pointed out that that quote is, in fact, talking about people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought about the, the culture wars that it's inverted from a hot war and that if you fight in the culture war, you lose. But if you create, you I, win. I will tell you that if you want to fight for a cause, you're going to be fighting with people. You know, people get into politics thinking, I believe in this and that. And then they get smeared because the their opponents have a political vested interest in stopping that. It's like I said, with when it comes to like our police department or upzoning, you got definite people who are pushing for that. And if you fight them, if you disagree with them on any of their agenda, they'll come and smear you. People were like, because I, I, I said, if you fight this in the culture where you lose, that's how they get you to lose is to get you to fight them. But you create, and they're like, well, isn't creating a form of fighting? No, no. creating is creating. Right. You might consider it a, a form of uh, competition to create something better than what they have, but fighting them is different than creating something new. Right. So, no, uh, you, you fight them by going around them. We've got know? breaking news. Uh-oh. Michael Malice tweeted that he accepted this meeting. I responded, ask him to come on TimCast IRL with you, to which Michael responded, he wants to blaze it with Ian Crossland. Badass. <laughs> all right. Let's get fired up, boys. So this and would be, actually, no, I, in all seriousness, Michael, if you are, if you are listening or we'll tweet you, uh, Ian, Eon, having experience with Minds.com and moderation and all that stuff, I think would be very beneficial in this context too. So even if the only thing that happens is, you know, Ian ends up talking to Elon a little bit about your experience with Minds decentralization. Yeah, the jury media. system. You brought that up before the show. And in forms of moderation, relying on Elon to have to do that is going to make him frustrated and a lot of enemies. But if you create a jury system in the site where the site, the people using it can modif- and moderate together – as a, mm-hmm. as a cohesive decentralized unit. That's a good tactic. We'll talk so more about it. So uh, Minds did this. It's actually really simple. It's it's trying to create the same standards we have in, mm-hmm. in civil life, a jury system. If you're accused of doing wrong, then a jury of your peers will review the evidence and determine whether or not they agree with the charges against you. Instead mm-hmm. of having some nebulous organization behind the scenes deciding who or what is worthy of being banned, mm-hmm. if someone breaks the rules then people can be selected for jury duty. Mm-hmm. They can then opt in and like, it will, it will be like, Hey, you may see, you know, violent imagery. You may see things you may not like. This is a warning. You can say no. Mm-hmm. Some people might then choose, okay, show me what this person did. And they'll say, here's what they said or posted. Does it break the rules? And the jury can then issue their vote. And then we'd have to figure out, was it like a two thirds vote or a unanimous vote? Sure. Well, and it, yeah, that's all to be determined. That's this kind of thing the admins can talk about that's fun. And do you but, think? Oh, you go. No, that's an interesting feature with Birdwatch that they could expand on. You know, I'm actually a Birdwatch contributor where you can put a note on somebody's tweet to say whether it's misleading or not. And then you rate other notes on that tweet to say whether those notes on the tweet are, are, are helpful or not. So, you know, you get a lot of people who say that's false and this person's a poopy head and a Putin apologist. And they're like, this is not helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, so that helps. And I think. Yeah. I think, yeah, too, man. We're going there. <laughs> All right, everybody. No, I think Twitter does make some kind of reasonable effort to moderate conversations for the better and have algorithms that rate whether people want to see your stuff or not. The problem is it just gets human override way too much based on, like, way too many passive-aggressive, you know, feelings about specific people. 
I think any uh, algorithm or code to determine what people want or don't want is wrong and should be removed. Or at least made transparent. It needs to be transparent. I think nope. it's a good thing. And then you can remove you, it if you if, want. If you want an opt-in system like Twitter has the algorithmic feed, the home, or the chronological feed, I think that's fine. But anytime someone says, we're going to try and determine what people like, they end up censoring people and it makes things bad. There mm. needs to be an opportunity for people with crazy ideas to express them. You can't just get rid of it because most 51% of people say Trump is bad. Oh, now Trump's gone. No, we can't do that. Anyway, my friends, if you haven't, people are saying Malice is trolling. I know he's trolling. I don't care. Michael, tell Elon to blaze it with Ian Crossland. I'll come on the show and I'll, 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 I'll see if Jack's interested. I don't know if he can or would be, but we'll try and make something really, really cool happen. Uh, if you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show if you really do like it. We are uh, trying to spread the values of personal responsibility and freedom. I suppose it's all right wing these days, but I don't think it is. I think those are just core tenets of good behavior. So uh, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have a members only segment coming up and uh, uh, we'll have that uh, for you around 11 or so PM. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Ron, do you want to shout anything out? What can't I shout out? I don't I mean, you know, Something I wanted to talk to you about for a while is just how, you know, we got new media, new stories uh, that are just begging to be told. I wrote this book, Inferno Los Angeles, InfernoLosAngeles.com. It's a story, Dante's Inferno, based in the modern world. I think these stories need to be told. I hope you say more of those. You start producing stories like that. We got got a new book coming out soon. We got Tales from the Inverted World, the first one. We got the new... Ghosts of the Civil War coming out soon. I'm really excited for this, so uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm really excited about a new generation of stories because this old media, they're just committing suicide. Nobody wants to watch their stuff. Right on. Ian, let's write a joint autobiography. A one joint? chapter of your life, one chapter of my life. Boom. Release as long as there's a joint crazy involved, story. yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's good Wait, do I get the joint? Um, I am Seamus. I make YouTube cartoons on a channel called Freedom Tunes. You guys can see that just by typing Freedom Tunes into YouTube. We're going to be releasing a video on Thursday. I think you all will enjoy it. I'll write a joint book with you called The Light and the Dark. And it's just like toggle between our consciousnesses and like it'll seem almost like are you familiar with, psychotic. Are you familiar with the, they call this in art school, it's an exercise called the exquisite corpse. Negative. Where you see like, so basically in art you see where the, the per- other person's lines were and try to draw based on that. But it's like you see the last sentence someone wrote in a long story and you try to pick it up from there I and it never that. makes sense. That's, that could be a funny thing. All right, but, perfect yeah, for us then. Yeah. That's great for me. Yeah. Uh, bye guys. Ian Crossland, catch you later. Ron Grissy. I want to shout out your Twitter before we rolled. It was, uh, what is it again? Ron for California, the number four. That's right. All right, guys. We I'll catch you all tomorrow. See you later. Take care, Thank guys. Thank you guys for tuning Thank in. You. As always, wait, I really liked I wanted to point out Ron's awesome shirt. I think it has Thulu on it. Yes. So cool. I was loving it before the show. I was looking at it really closely. It looked a little bit like a funky leaf, but I just wanted to check. It's not. It's way it's cooler. Not. Anyway, guy, anyway, you guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patchlitz as well as Minds.com and at SarahPatchlitz.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.